It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, episode 299. Alex Lindsay's in studio. Natalie and Clayton Morris are visiting us. And from Johnny Old, Will Harris. He's going to talk about the royal wedding and its impact on the internet. Plus, the PlayStation Network is collapsing and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Twit. you love from people you trust this is twit audio bandwidth for this week in tech is provided by winamp for android the ultimate media player for your desktop and android device featuring wireless sync download it free at winamp.com slash android video bandwidth for twit is provided by cashfly at c-a-c-h-e-f-l-y dot com This is TWIT, This Week in Tech, episode 299, recorded May 1st, 2011. Business Casual Gmail. This Week in Tech is brought to you by ICE.com. Treat mom right this year and give her something she wants for Mother's Day. At ICE.com, get 25% off quality jewelry at affordable prices and guaranteed delivery for Mother's Day through May 4th. Only at ICE.com slash TWIT. And by Go to My PC. Attention iPad owners, access your applications and files on your home or office computer from your iPad with Go to My PC by Citrix. For your free 30-day trial, visit gotomypc.com and use the promo code TWIT. And by Audible.com. Sign up for the Platinum Plan and get two free books. Go to Audible.com slash TWIT2. And don't forget to follow Audible on Twitter. User ID Audible underscore com. It's time for Twit this week in Twit. And <laughs> I guess it's technology, but, you know, it's so self-referential that it might be really this week in Twit. Hey, look who's here. Speaking of Twit, the man who is our host on Mac Break Weekly. He also is the producer of Mac Break, Mr. Alex Winsey of the Pixel Core. Hello. 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 I wandered over. Hello, Alex. Yes. Great to have you. So nice. This is you know we we see you all the time on Tuesdays for uh, right. There's a lot of people right now that are confused. Yeah. Wait like, a minute. That's Sunday. his Mac Break Weekly. See. Yeah. No, it's good to have you. In fact, there's a lot to talk about this week. Yeah. In it's fact, that's good. why we brought in a token British person, <laughs> Mr. Will Harris from ChannelFlip.com. Hi, Will. There's only one thing to talk about this week, Leo. We all know, and that is. That dress. The dress. <laughs> the dress. The dress that fluttered a thousand hearts. What about the hat? The hat that made a, people go, what? What? I saw that somebody started a Twitter account for the hat. Be Princess Beatrice's hat? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I thought was most I'm going to follow Beatrice's hat. That's good. She's the one who had the, it had like a little loopy things. <laughs> They're kind of like antlers. If you follow it, you're kind of legally obliged to shoot it afterwards. But there's a lot of competition in, in, in the UK, isn't it, over, over hats? Yes, and there was a big controversy because the wife of the British Prime Minister arrived not wearing a hat. And some thought this was kind of refreshingly modern, and some thought it was downright uh, insolent. So that's been a little, little mini micro controversy. I just think it's kind of odd for somebody to wear uh, such a uh, flamboyant hat. Doesn't she upstage just a little bit the uh, the Yeah. Bride? Yeah, no, exactly. But then she was almost, but then the bride was almost upstaged by her own sister. So uh, that was a close run thing as well. Look at that hat. 
That That's is, a lot of hat. That is the strangest thing. One on the right. The thing is, you have to do the Lady Gaga makeup if you're going to yes. wear a hat like that. You can't yes. just put on some eyeliner and some gloss. You got to go yeah, for it. Yeah, she was she was kind of going for Gaga and kind of hit just Gaga. Gaga. <laughs> Lowercase. <laughs> Lowercase. <laughs> Gaga. Wow. Well, anyway, now we now we know what uh, what the royals really uh, are thinking about is where they can get a better hat. Better deal on a hat. So uh, I guess I should do some royal wedding news. I mean, I, uh, nobody in the tech industry really cares. I have to say, I... I, uh, I, I, I do, I do. Oh, really? Well, then you're I confirming care. my very sexist tweet in which I said the royal wedding is uh, the Steve Jobs keynote for girls. Yeah, Clayton retweeted it. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I was... totally agree. I was up at 4 a.m. and I kept running in the bedroom saying, wake up, she's getting in the car. And he was like, stop <laughs> doing that. I was <laughs> like, would you please close the door? Room. She's like, it's a fairy tale. It's a... She, one moment she's going from becoming a commoner, now she's going to be royalty. I'm like, would you, it's four in the morning, would you get the hell out of the bedroom? She's a duchess now. now, right? What is she, duchess something or other? Duchess of Cambridge. Duchess of Cambridge. It's important. Speaking as an Oxonian, Will, does that bother you? No, because neither of them went to Oxford or Cambridge. She's a Duchess of Cambridge the place rather than Cambridge the university, so that doesn't really bother me. Uh, I'm a I have a question. Does she change her last name? Yes. She yes, she's um, Windsor. Kate Windsor. Oh. But even the no. Windsors don't use Windsor or Saxe-Coburg. Not really. They kind of just use R. R. E. I'm Elizabeth. You don't need to know any more than that. She's Elizabeth. like Prince. Aww. She's like Elvis. She's yeah. like, you know. <laughs> the Queen is like Elvis. Yeah. She there went, we go. She's in the one name camp. There are only a few people who are in that camp. Lady Gaga. That's two names. See, that doesn't, yeah. Sting. Doesn't quite Sting. Count. There you go. Madonna. Sting. Madonna. There you go. Leo. Leo. Yeah. I am the Leo. <laughs> you know, if you do Leo, Leo now on Google, you, you come up second. I know, I'm mad. I, I used to come up fourth, though, so it's, it's an improvement. Wait, when you Google when you Google Leo, no, you get well. You get Leo horoscope. Is yeah, the horoscope Leo still beats me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm lobbying for a change to the name of that sun sign. Let's call it I don't know Leo Vich, and yes. then that way I won't have to worry about. It. Hey, there is tech news. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, all right. Wait a minute. There's royal tech news. So uh, true to what anybody expected, the royal wedding did, in fact, break streaming records. Lots of people watched it online. Is that any surprise? Uh, 300,000 concurrent views. It was 1.6 million at, at its peak. The, uh, well, this is, though, this is live stream. So there were different streamers, right? So you can add it all together. Okay. Um, total unique viewers on live stream, 2 million. Live stream was doing the CBS... Entertainment Tonight, Associated Press, UK Press Association right. coverage. Akamai uh, said that it had did more streaming. Akamai is a uh, CDN, a content distribution network. Uh, so it has, you know, it, it serves a lot of people, including probably all of these other guys. Akamai said uh, that they had, let me find the uh, story again. It somehow got replaced by Beatrice's hat. Uh, Akamai said that uh, 4.6 million page view every time. Every time. Princess area. 4.6 million page views per minute on the news site. Akamai um, did say, though, this fell well short of the 10.3 million page views per minute of the presidential election victory for Barack Obama. And, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Surpassing Obama's election victory 
but falling short to the World Cup qualifying yes. match. Yeah, being yeah, the president the World Cup like, uh, number number two, three, four, five on the list. Right, and the longest Wimbledon match in history. Oh, I see. So the the record for streaming was set last June during the World Cup qualifying match and the longest Wimbledon match in history, both happening at the same time. That's when the internet just went gaga. <laughs> Kaput. So Kaput. Everyone was saying, "Well, this will be the ultimate test of the internet on uh, on Friday during this during this coverage. Would it be able to hold up to the girth?" <laughs> of uh, people going there to watch this live stream, people like uh, Natalie tuning in. But uh, does it show where around the world uh, the mo most people were watching these live streams? I think probably the reason it held up is because most of the U.S. was asleep. Right. Yeah. Right. We were, we were busy doing something more important. Right. I also wonder how the cellular phone coverage held up there because we probably would have heard if one of the coverage, like Orange, had stopped out and there wasn't you weren't able to get your MMS across of the hat and Lady Louise or whoever. Lady Beatrice. We do know that uh, tweeting volume was heaviest in London, New York, Toronto, New South Wales, Paris, and Sao Paulo in that order. Sentiment, according to uh, Trender which keeps track of this stuff, was mostly positive, 58% positive, 24% of tweets registered as neutral, 18% saying, get this thing off my Twitter. 64% of them from women, 36% from men. That, that, uh, that, that adds up to 100%, so I guess there's no third choice. Members of the royal way. <laughs> well, sometimes. Children. Yeah. Children. Members of the Wait, how much percent? How many percent for women? It's uh, two-thirds women, one-third men. Oh. And there was, a, there was also a top-trending Twitter topic this week, by the way, as a result of, largely from the royal wedding, which was the hashtag, please shut up if. <laughs> it was. It was one of the top-trending topics. And it, please shut up if. And one of the things was, if you have no respect for Prince William and Kate or any of the royals, please shut Just up. Shut if. up. Just shut up. I think that actually was from the yeah, Queen. Yeah, Clayton. Yeah, Clayton. <laughs> yes. Top, yes, definitely the queen. Top hashtags. By the way, at the peak, they, all of the Twitter ha uh, trends were the royal wedding. Um, also, we didn't really um, couch this at the top of the show, but uh, Clayton and I, for those of us, those of you listening in, are married. So oh, <laughs> I yeah. might, I might oh, yeah. jab him a few more times than the other guests. They're the battling Bickersons <laughs> of Twitter. <laughs> Not only are they married, they have a lovely child. Where, where is your, where is, uh, what's your child's name? Oh, we just gave him uh, a little shot of whiskey. And, oh, uh, no, he just we put, we actually kept him up longer on purpose today. We're like, we need to not give you a nap today so you can sleep during Twit. So he's actually <laughs> Hey, he's, he's joining a large number of people who sleep during Twit. Don't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> One million uh, uh, mentions of the hashtag pound royal wedding. There isn't a uh, there, is there a place where you could find out what the canonical like the the official there's no official hashtag for anything, is there? No. Uh like a place where you can find it, like a um, verified, yeah. verified hashtag. Like, I want to know, well, should I do pound RW? Shall I do pound the event of the century? Kate and Wills? What should I pound? I guess pound the tag. <laughs> <That's kind of, laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Will. I, I, I set you up. You just knock that one down right there. Yes. <laughs> what shall I pound? 
Uh, 42% of all the royal wedding-related tweets came from the website Twitter.com, 39% from mobile devices. Remember, Twitter uh, shutting is really trying to shut down these third-party uh, mobile uh, platforms like Uber Media. They want everything to come from their official uh, clients. But really, I mean, look at this. More than, more than uh, a plurality came from the uh, Twitter website where you see all the ads, all the trends. I wonder if that had to do with a lot of people watching the live stream, and it's just convenient if you're watching oh, the live you're stream the, the Twitter you're already there, to, yeah. to, to tweet. Top hashtags, pound royal wedding, pound RW2011. It says here, according to Mashable, the official royal wedding hashtag. And one of the other top hashtags almost the same day was, I left you because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're such a romantic, Clayton. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was. It was honestly. It was one of the top trending uh, hashtags. You know, wait this a trend, We you started can the show. Ass. We started the show. I introduced Alex, and then the whole thing fell apart. Let me introduce the rest of our panel. We did say hello, Alex from the Pixel Core. We did say hello from Channel Flip uh, to Mr. Will Harris because he's our official wedding commentator, royal wedding correspondent. Yeah, but I neglected to say hello to Natalie and Clayton Morris. Natalie Morris. It's great to have you on your first day of freedom. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I don't have to write Loaded today because someone else is doing it tomorrow. I'm formerly of CNET and CBS Interactive. So you announced uh, that you were leaving uh, some time ago, but the, but it effect, uh, became, your last Loaded was yesterday. It was Friday. Friday. Yeah. Wow. How does that sure. feel? Liberating and scary and uh, good. It feels It feels really good, actually. You haven't so. really said exactly what's happening are you taking another job do we know what you're doing no i i haven't found another job yet there is the hope of another job but um none none so you do want a job yet, you so. do you do, do you want a full-time job because i can well, offer you a very part-time job actually you know <laughs> i'm i'm kind of seeing what the universe has available for me because I want something that's flexible so that I can take yes. care of my boys. That's exactly um, what I was telling my business partner, Lisa Kensel, just the other day. I bet she wants a job where she could take care of her boys, have more time for herself, and yet still be in the limelight. Well, I don't know how important the limelight is. No, okay. I, we rephrase but, that. Still um, perform your, your duties as a reporter. You know, so I, I think about this like I am a, an on-air personality, um, and so I'm, I'm constantly asking myself how much I care about putting my face uh, as as a part of my journalism, or do I just want to write? Um, and I feel like I kind of, you know, i got to stick with the, the face thing for a little bit longer, and then someday people won't want to see my face, so oh, maybe please. I'll do it for a little longer. But the, there is the hope that, or the possibility that maybe I just write, because that's how I started my career as a writer, not as a TV person. Um, so, but I'm interviewing for, for TV jobs you as are. well as writing jobs. And, so, and I've got some um, freelance work as well that I'm, I'm working on with uh, Consumer Reports and oh, um, Forbes. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah, so it so was I, really I, just I, that you hated CBS, and that's why you left. <laughs> um, I'm How do you like that, Clayton? That. Uh, that's the Donald Trump question, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the thumbs up for that one. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's what it sounds like now, is that you just didn't want to work there anymore. You want to work somewhere, but not there. <laughs> I 
I'm going to not say much more about She's that. Good. Whatever Tom She's said good. about <laughs> Ask Tom She's and Jason good. what it's like. Yeah. No, it, I no, understand. But, I mean, it, it, doing a show, I mean, you, you know this from doing broadcasting for so long, Leo, when you do a show for so long and, you know, when, when you don't have, you don't really don't have any producers to help you. And so you're writing a show every day and it's incumbent. You don't it's see that really work. changing, that structure really yeah. changing. And, and uh, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but, you know, it's you get exhausted. This guy, Clayton Morris, uh, is Natalie's husband, the father of her child, and uh, the host of Fox & Friends, as well as a podcaster, a prolific podcaster. Yeah, we've got, uh, God, this has been uh, great. We're trying to build a sort of lifestyle network around some of the shows. Uh, we've got a bunch of parenting shows that we're doing. Oh, that's um, at Grizzly Productions, so we've got our flagship show, Grizzly Bear Egg Cafe, but we've got, Natalie just launched a new show on our nascent network, uh, Mommy Beta, which is a show with four new moms. We've got so, our daddy on board show, so, so we're, you know, we're having fun. Really, that's what you should be doing, right, is, uh, is doing your own thing. Why not, you know? Right, yeah. and Clayton and I have a, a show called The Trending Show, where we run down the things that are trending on Google search terms and on Twitter, so that's why he knows all these hashtags. It's yeah. from our it's from say, The Trending Show. Our hashtag expert, Clayton Morris. Yeah, he's please not shut really up. using shut up I with. Left You Because. Please shut up, I Left You Because. <laughs> and by, not only does he, not only does he uh, uh, know about him, but apparently he participates, because I see an I Left You Because tweet from you, Clayton. <laughs> I left you because you wouldn't join me at Baskin Robbins for their free 31 cent scoop uh, the other night, which was also trending on Wednesday night. Uh, no, I think that really, I would, I think that's great. I encourage you uh, to do that. Everybody who works in mainstream media fantasizes about doing their own thing and controlling it 100%. Leo, Leo would never do that, though. I personally couldn't afford to, so. I, yeah. No, actually, I'm just trying to build a mainstream media outlet so I could tell other people what to do. I'm curious to find it. I mean, there's so many people yeah. who listen to your shows and find what you do so so inspiring and at the same time perhaps liberating. But because you're running the day-to-day -day operations of everything, do you find it as liberating? Well, it's Merlin Mann says Merlin Mann says you always are working for a man. You're working for the man somehow. Are you working for yourself? Well, yeah. If you're the man, that's even worse, right? Right. <laughs> uh, no, I think that there's it's on balance much. It's far preferable to do your own thing don't you think everybody and that what i try to do now obviously now in order to grow we've had to uh, uh, hire people and use people and you know you could speak to this as well uh will because you're running channel flip which is also a broadcast style operation on the internet um that uh what happens is you do hire people and then they're complaining because they, they don't have full control so what i've tried to do is is do it's almost the united artists model remember when charlie chaplin and mary pickford and douglas fairbanks formed a movie studio because they were unhappy with being told what to do in the in the old style uh movie system you know uh the contract player system and so they formed united artists and the whole idea is it's almost a co-op of performers and that's what i've been trying to do here so that people have a sense of of, of at least owning their own destiny uh somewhat so it's very loose here but yeah, there is yeah. there's there's burdens, Clayton. You know, you have to write checks and stuff, but it's not it's still far preferable, I think. Yeah. So go for it, Grizzly. Go for it. Yeah. We're having fun, you know. I think that's great. Until I have to start writing checks. Yeah, well to as me. long as it's your wife, it's free, right? <laughs> right. That's the beauty. Those are my new bosses. I would encourage all of you out there to hire your wives. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, but Jennifer wanted so much money. <laughs> I, I couldn't afford it. So I was uh, just speaking of the Google. I was just looking at Google, and they've got an interesting uh, Google Doodle on here. Let me uh, let me pull uh, this up.
Anyway, welcome Clayton and Natalie. It's great to have you. And Natalie, great to have you on your first day of or second day of freedom. Thank you. I'm just thrilled that I'm still relevant. Oh, you're That's more the than... one thing that is the scariest is you leave a big network like CBS and you realize, wow, this has a lot of gravitas. It puts a lot of weight behind my name. Now I'm just kind of freelance technology journalist. Um, so you just hope that you continue, can continue to be relevant. I think the world is freelance these days. I really think increasingly uh, the idea of working for a company seems very outmoded. Don't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the model that we've kind of built around so a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, uh, very, very small core number of people who, who kind of keep everything pulled together and then lots and lots and lots of freelancers, you know, so, that, that are, that are working. So I was mentioning this new Google doodle. This is wild. I don't know really what they're celebrating, but look at this. It's a magnifying glass. Yeah. Go over to the dancer on the far right in the little uh, window. Isn't it the dancers mayday? dancing? Oh, they're dancing. Wow. This is to show off obviously HTML5. Yeah, it's May Day. You think this is for May Day? Because happy May Day. Yeah, because it's, it's like a fairground. Like okay. a well, they'll tell us. No, it's the 160th anniversary of the first World's Fair. Then I take it back. They pick weird-ass stuff to celebrate on here. Now, it's different in England, though, isn't it? I mean, this is America, Google. No, we have it as well. Oh. <laughs> You've got Google in England? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, There's like a whole different extension. There's like a different domain, but somehow it's kind of the same. <laughs> No, I was just obviously I was being somewhat facetious. I know you have Google, and you, and now I understand you have automobiles as well, which is exciting. That's, <laughs> well, unfortunately, they're all driving on the wrong side of they, the road. They haven't figured that part out yet, but we'll get we'll cut them some slack. They're new to it. Um, we also have hashtags. Yes, unlike you guys, you have pound tags, which but is a little bit weird. We call them hashtags too here. Yeah, but then you say pound something because nobody right? knows if you, you you say hash royal wedding. Yeah. No, because it's a hashtag, oh, I know it and, it's, is. and the sign the sign is a hash. Well, it's a pound sign. It's the same thing as a hash. No, the pound well, sign. Well, to them, a, a pound sign is a dollar sign. Oh, well, to us, hash is something you make out of corned beef. So there. Or something you smoke. <laughs> well, to us, hash is something you smoke. So. <laughs> <laughs> so there. So there. Uh, what is it? What is it that Winston Churchill said? The U.S. and the U.K. are two countries separated by the same language. <laughs> we've, That's we've pretty just, good. And and by a very special. Actually, case. I, was say, I was saying that about the uh, the royal wedding this week, which is that when people complain about the royals, I always just say like, without the royal family, England would just be a slightly rubbisher version of America. <laughs> we just interrupted Will with a kiss. So I think that was the moment, though, wasn't it? That the most, the biggest. Uh, that's when everybody was watching. That was it. Everybody was, wanted to see them smooch on the balcony. Speech. Yeah. All right, and that was also the shot where the little girl put her hand over her ears. Yes, they cut that out. But that's so. That's the other thing you're trying to find is what is the big internet meme for the royal wedding? You know, um, and there's a couple. I have to find one. I don't know if it's I definitely should. the little girl. Yeah, it was so cute. Yeah, because it see. went off without a hitch. The rest of it was 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 great. There was no other little thing that was worth talking about. The little girl was all people could. You know, all the like newspapers like the Sun or the New York Post could glam onto. Yeah, there was nothing really else to talk about. It's funny what was trending on the day of the wedding was Kate Middleton, Kate Middleton wedding, Pippa, um, what else, the queen, royal wedding, but nowhere was the groom or Prince Charles mentioned. No one cares at all. Yeah. That, and he's the whole reason that she becomes royalty, but well, who cares about but, You know, he's got that, that, that Windsor horse face, so it's not. No. <laughs> oh, come on. You think he's handsome? He's got a Habsburg chin. Yeah. He's not as handsome as Harry. Oh, well, I think he's 
don't know. He looks a lot like his mom. So here's the. So the He's endearing. Here's the the bit of the picture that they usually cut out is this is this little girl <laughs> here, and so that's become a new uh, <laughs> a new internet meme. For She's instance, so awesome. Share she is with the Donald. <laughs> <laughs> now that's really that's quite good. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I just I just hope it doesn't damage the rest. Of, you know, the rest of her life is going to be about you're the girl who. Well, she's, she's oh, yeah, the new she keyboard launched cat. A million. Is she? Is that? Is that Pippa? Who is that? Natalie <laughs> Morris, our royal wedding correspondent. It, I thought it was Lady Louise, the oh. daughter of Prince Edward. Lady but Louise. I'm not sure. She's no, four years old. Uh, the girl with the crazy hat was um, Princess Beatrice. That's Beatrice. Oh, no, no, no. I mean the, the little who's girl. The, who's this her girl? Ears. I don't know who the little girl is. Come on. You're our royal wedding commentator. Yeah, Sorry. she has a weird name. She has, I was too and, and, so, and therefore, Middleton. we don't want to pronounce it. Okay, then. It's like in any sort of news read. If she's got an unpronounceable name, you Grace just skip and, it. Grace uh, Cutson? Oh, yeah. See, there you go. They don't. Nobody wants to say. They can't say. Well, Grace, you're a meme. <laughs> Congratulations. The internet is so is so uh, so cold. I think I think the other <laughs> meme has to be the cartwheeling clergyman, doesn't it? I love oh this. yeah, yeah. The other big meme of the week from the the wedding was the cartwheeling clergyman, and uh, you know they had up just one of those pool cameras set up after the event, and he comes down and he does like four cartwheels in a row. Uh, and Straight presumably, it's Impressive. because everything went off without a hitch. I mean, he was excited, did the, the cartwheels, and the, the pool camera ended up picking up on it. <laughs> Charlie Sheen and the girl. <laughs> we need a name for her, like Keyboard Cat. Yeah, That's she really kind of is. Name, like, it's the Shut Up Girl. The Yeah. They call it the <laughs> Shut Up Girl. The Flower Girl... Annoyed flower girl. I don't know. The tower can be better than. Frown, I think frowning flower girl is what they're calling it in the uh, Today Show. The frowning flower girl. So how about that PlayStation Network, huh? Oh yeah, that's right. Let's talk about something <laughs> that actually makes a difference. It went to down because of the royal wedding. That's it. Royal wedding hackers took down the PlayStation Network. Did you? Uh, did anybody watch the press conference today from Japan? That's a bad sign when you're having a press conference on a Sunday. No, right. I tried to watch it on my PlayStation, and it wouldn't <laughs> let me. So I couldn't get on. All right, well, I'm going to give you guys 60 seconds to go and, and watch it. <laughs> they, they had the transcripts, I think. Read, read the transcripts, but uh, we're going we're to take a little break and come back in just a moment. Do you want to show off some uh, jewelry, uh, Lisa? Do you have some? Go get some jewelry. Well, she's not ready. We'll sh go get the jewelry. We'll do it next. We'll do it next. We have some. Well, no, we were talking about the royal wedding. We should do it now. We're talking about ice.com. Do you know about ice.com? Evidently, they have jewelry. Every that's, husband, that's what I'm guessing. Every husband, Clayton. Yeah, Natalie, turn uh, mute your computer because this is where husband. I'll be ordering your Mother's Day gift. <laughs> oh, that's right. Mother's Day is May 8th. Let's not yeah. forget. Yeah. Every husband, Will Harris. <laughs> and by the way, international, international, <laughs> ice.com. Com. This is this is absolutely the place to check out. Look at this. This is the Princess Diana ring. We got one here. I'm going to get it for you. You can get it on ice.com. And it's not going to cost you $18 million like it did Charles. They've got a maze. It's a four-carat sapphire and diamond engagement ring. 14-carat white gold. Isn't that beautiful? 
Five hundred ninety-five dollars. Look at look at we got it right here on ice.com. Let me pull up the. Uh, Where do you want it? We have a special ice.com cam. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I'm gonna pull it up here. Go ahead. Put your finger in the ice.com cam shot. There. Right there. Let me, let me unsqueeze it. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? That's the Kate. Is this also from ice.com? Yes. That's beautiful. Look at that. You could be a you could be a princess. I recommend this. Which one? This one. That's your I favorite. This one. That's the uh, that's the five hundred ninety five dollars. That's amazing. I want you to go to ice.com and treat mom something special this year. Mom could be your wife if she's a mom. Give her something she wants for Mother's Day at ice.com. Twenty five percent off. Quality jewelry at affordable prices and guaranteed delivery through May 4th, but you have to go to ice.com slash twit. Ice.com gives you the real thing. Quality fine jewelry at affordable prices. Items like diamond earrings, sapphire bracelets, even engagement rings, even the Princess Diana engagement ring within your price range. I'm telling you. It's a great website, too. Oh, yeah, they've done a really nice job I mean, with this. You can see little videos that you know kind of rotate around. Because a lot of times, you know, if you're going to spend that kind of money on, online, you're not going to want to... You want to know what you're actually buying more detail. than the photo. Look at that. I could tell you. I've seen this ring. It's gorgeous. I, I, I swear. I don't know how they make it so affordable. Uh, they also have earrings, the matching earrings. You could get the earrings with it. Wouldn't that be so cool? Look at that. We had a girl a at work stuff? today tell me that she's getting a salad spinner for Mother's Day. <laughs> See, don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. Don't do the salad spinner. Do the ice.com. 20, if you are go, a Twit listener, you get 25% off. You have to go to ice.com slash Twit. Ice.com slash Twit. And you get free guaranteed shipping through May 4th to get it in time for Mother's Day, which is May 8th. I'm talking about a really, this is a really good deal. Let me put the uh, special URL up so you can see it here. So you don't forget. ICE.com slash Twit. These are. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get something for Jennifer right now. Look at that. Here's the pendant. Whew. You would like that, Natalie. Wouldn't you like to have Princess Diana's ring? I mean, it's not her actual ring. It's not like they took it off her finger or anything. But, it, but it's the same ring that Charles gave to Diana. Does that mean that you'll have to call me Princess Natalie? Yes. Then so, yes. Princess. Na no, we'll call you the Duchess. Do they have any crowns? Of the Duke Duchess Street. of Morris. Duchess of Morris. I wonder, do they think they have ti tiaras? And I'd love to have a tiara. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a show title. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Just slipped out. Ice.com slash twit. So the PlayStation Network, um, Sony's talking about compensating users. Get what you get this, a month free. It's going to be oh, down for a month. Yay. Ooh, thank you, Sony. You're so generous. And it's uh, only some of the services are going to be back this week. It's not even going to be fully back. No. Netflix gave a month free, didn't they? Just like a few weeks ago, only you know, just for like a day's worth of outages. Yeah, because it was a little slow. Remember, it was a little slow coming up, so they gave you a free month. Yeah. So given that you've lost like basically two weeks by this point, it's like basically two months, two weeks free. 
Thanks, yeah, and Sadie. your credit card information. 77 million people affected by this because they didn't silo their information properly. And, wow. um, you know, this just speaks to, I, I'm curious, so I think the most egregious thing of all of this, and you saw some of this after the earthquake, right, which was the Japanese response to trying to get out information. Everyone was trying to get out, get Sony, uh, information. Sony said they're sending robots in to disinfect to, to, uh, dis <laughs> the PSN. <laughs> Right yeah, I think, and they're sort of tight-lipped about the whole thing, right? Why did it take a yeah. week? Do you think that's cultural that they, they just don't, uh, they batten down the hatches? Yeah, I mean, we, we certainly saw that after the other earthquake. We saw that uh, in the 1990, what, uh, what was that, the, um, the, the other earthquake. I can't remember the name off the top of my head because I've been up since 4 a.m. Um, and then this earthquake, we saw the slow response. And then with Sony, you know, this, this week-long wait-and-see approach before they're actually going to release any information about the fact that your credit card information is out there. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, do they, I mean, I think there was a, a great... That, they didn't admit that the credit card was out there. They just sent out uh, an advisory. I got one saying, it might be. We don't know. How and like you know how can you not know? It's it's ridiculous. I think there was a, a great quote from um, Kaz Hirai this afternoon, saying uh, these illegal attacks obviously highlight the widespread problem with cybersecurity. No, it's with like, your security. No, it's your problem with cybersecurity. Oh, it's everybody. No, it's everybody's problem. No, it's your think, problem. Well, and, know, and they said. They, they've worked now with, with security firms to, uh, quote, implement significant security measures to further detect unauthorized activity. And it's like, so you didn't have those in the first place? You didn't make me think of having best-in-class security before you even launched this thing? Well, and they also, they also said that, that in, in, the, in the conference, it was an existing, they, it was an existing uh, vulnerability. I mean, they knew... They, they knew, knew the about it. They knew what the vulnerability was, and they, they wouldn't talk about what it actually. And they don't. They, they haven't said yet whether it was somebody using a hacked PlayStation Three that got on the network. They don't know how it, uh, how the intrusion happened. No. The FBI. But is I think they involved. think that the credit card information was encrypted. So yeah. I think they think that it may have been accessed. Right. They just don't know if it was decrypted. Well, here's the deal, and I've learned this by doing the Security Now podcast for six years now. Once they get the database. It's a lot easier to brute force it. And if they just, for instance, encrypted it with a hash without salting, it would only be a matter of time before the hackers were able to decrypt it. Yeah, because you just you, you just brute start doing all the, all the brute force attacks right. and assuming that they haven't, you know, given what we've seen of the PlayStation Network so far, it's not going to be best-in-class security with all the added doohickeys that would, that would make it hard to decrypt. This is just Does a, this permanently, though, damage Sony in such a way where others, and they've certainly wanted, uh, they certainly wanted there to be, you're going to go there to get your films and your music yeah. as part of this network. Does this permanently uh, cause a setback for them is that what curiosity is, is is so psn is the gaming network and then this right. curiosity is that what that is is to share music and, and stuff or it's their music sharing site okay. it's new it's right okay. it's relatively new i think yeah, plus the yeah you can stream uh, music and movies sort of between playstation 3s hdtvs blu-ray players PSPs, that kind of thing. I mean, I and think Android it is massively, devices, um, it massively the Android devices what, with the Sony skins. Oh, that's yeah, cool. and that's cool. The, the, but it has to be an experience. It's, it's have to be a Sony Ericsson to use it. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they say that for uh, the new Sony tablets, the new Sony tablets will also have it that were just announced this week. Oh, that's I didn't yeah. hear about that. 
I'm going to sure run out and buy a Sony tablet right about now. Oh, we already ordered they, four. And because he kept, they because actually connected sounded to the Sony like a cool thing. thing if you you know if this hadn't happened because you can get PlayStation content, also Sony Reader sure. content, also um, yeah. you know they've got the, the real sound quality of the Walkman. Right. Like it's it's basically everything good about Sony in one tablet. Unfortunately, now you know Sony's got this black mark on its face. I just right. think it's the difference between going to like a Ruth's Chris and going to an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> You get a Sony Wait, tablet. Wait, who's the Ruth Chris? Is iPad? Uh, yeah, Ruth Chris is iPad, or you can go get a Bloomin' Onion at, uh, at Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <The Chili's. laughs> right. References entirely lost. lost. On, uh, <laughs> um, it would well, be the difference that, between going to Wimpy's. We, we should always give the competition a chance to catch up to Apple. Clayton and I argue about this all the time because I think he's a shameless Apple fanboy, and I always want someone else to come to the market and give them I agree. some competition. Competition's good even for Apple fanboys. Uh, and, and I'm not. I just have, you, know, you try all of these other devices, and you Apple's the best. You, you end up coming back to the yeah. one that works. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, so, I got. I agree with you. I got a, a BlackBerry Playbook uh, the other day. Yeah. Very nice, great hardware, really cool. But it's not a iPad. It's well, not going to come even close to the iPad. Well, and, and there's little things you, you you realize that Apple's paying attention to very very small details. Like I I was playing with it a little bit, and the first thing it hit is that when I touch the screen, it's not always the reacting playbook. Yes. on the playbook. And, and and I was like I was like that. As an Apple user, that will That's drive me deal. absolutely crazy. My son, for instance, who lives on his little iPad whenever I allow him to, uh, three years old, he wouldn't even, I'm sure that, the playbook would drive him crazy. I have you know, to say, that, but I mean, I think that that's the, for and those, that's really the measure. You for know. those of us who did watch the Sony press conference, uh, I was very grateful. Sony explained how the internet works in this oh. slide here, <laughs> and so uh, I just think. Unfortunately, that, it was all in Japanese. Well, apparently, there's some bricks, and then there's some servers, and there's some more bricks. And um, what I see are some some arrows that look kind of like tubes, <laughs> kind of like a right. series Ted of Stevens, tubes stacked you, on top of each other. If you go to the bottom there, Ted Stevens put this PowerPoint presentation <laughs> together. Uh, this is their slide of what happened. Uh, see, we've got a database firewall, database firewall, database firewall, internet. Uh, and then, tub, no, that's um, like from the MSN episode Messenger. of the It Crowd, where they have that little black box and tell everyone that that's the internet. <laughs> this is the internet, right here. And they're like, don't break the internet, I'm holding it in my hand, right? Now. So they said that the attackers use some sort of database tool, uh, but there's not much more information about that. They did say it was a highly skilled intruder, and that Sony, as soon as they realized this, brought in a second uh, security firm, emailed customers... And then took the whole thing, the whole damn thing down because they couldn't figure out what was going on. And it's still down. Uh, so, so really, cool. the, the reason they brought it down was not that they knew there was an intrusion. They just knew that there was something wrong. They couldn't figure out. Like something is going sideways. Yeah. Right. And, of course, once they realized what was going on, they couldn't put it back up. Sony says it will, quote, consider paying for new credit cards if you have to get a new one. But their advice is not to cancel your credit cards, but to put a fraud alert uh, on your on your uh, credit report. Wait, yeah. how do they pay? Why do you need to pay for a new credit card? I don't Those know. Free. It's Japan. Sony says it will consider paying for new, maybe paying for the time. Paying I, the credit card companies for the plastic. I don't know. You know who should? You know who they should pay is the companies who make Sony games that you can't you can buy but can't play, like Portal Two on your PlayStation yeah. Three because you can't activate it because the PSN is down. Yeah, I mean, that's really, um, that's this is where DRM really starts to come yeah. undone, isn't it? Yeah. 
where you need to access a game um, via the PSN in order to authorise it to play it on the console that you've got, and because the PSN servers are down, you can't play it. Well, I think this is this is really the the issue that we're going to get into. I mean, we're kind of in the growing pains of cloud computing, where we saw the, the breakdown in Amazon, we saw the breakdown in Sony, where you know you, that this is kind of the wake up calls that you need to make sure that the you have a robust backup system that you have everything really separated. I think we've kind of taken some yeah. of that for granted, uh, and now we need to you know the, I think these are fortunately these haven't been real showstoppers it could be a lot worse and, um, and i mean i think we were i mean sort of a bit critical of, of sony for being not very um talkative about the problems but you could argue the same about amazon actually that amazon was remarkably uncommunicative and, um, and given apple. the seriousness apple, of, of what I, happened I, I spoke to someone at apple this week who was uh, you know said basically they were slow on the uptake with all the location tracking stuff and and amazon as well but doesn't this just speak to the larger trust issue as it relates to the cloud um you know, everyone's worried about this issue and they're saying, oh, the cloud, can we really worry about that? And the contrarian approach is, look, you, we rely on all these services all the time that aren't reliable, right? I mean, we go wait for a subway on a regular basis. How often is that late and I can't get there? Or, you know, you take public transportation and you take highways and you have to sit in traffic on a regular basis. So you have these outages and 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 and, and I think everyone jumps on this, this bandwagon that all oh, this just speaks. I mean, I, I think there was like a thousand or fifteen hundred articles all written about this idea of the cloud and it being a complete failure. And this is one of the reasons why we shouldn't rush to the cloud. I think that's really unfortunate because I don't think this is a failure. Well, I think it's inevitable. I mean, I think that I think we're going to be. I mean, when you look at where we're going, I, I think this this is these are some speed bumps. I don't think that I think that people doing stuff on the cloud. And I was a real naysayer for a long time because I don't like a lot of having all my data up there. I don't like all that stuff. And I've now realized that half my life is. Um, connected to the cloud now. So, I mean, I, th I, do, I do think that this is, you know, resistance is futile at this point. <laughs> it is funny how it's all changed, right? I mean, you get a new MacBook Air, um, you know, you get like the 11-inch MacBook Air or something, and the setup process, you're like, oh, wait, you know what? I don't really need to migrate anything here because everything just lives in the cloud. <laughs> that's what I, I like. just need to go and download the yeah. Dropbox app, and then right, I've that's got better. everything again. Yeah. I, I download caffeine when I get a new computer uh, to keep my, you know, screen from going to sleep. I get, you uh, can drop download caffeine now? I'm thrilled, man. I, no more trips to Starbucks. Right in your veins. Right oh, in, just hook it right up to a USB port. Awesome. And right down He's to unplugged it. from the Matrix, so we just plug him into a chair. <laughs> you did see, uh, you, you called this to our attention, Will, uh, South Park's reaction. <laughs> to uh, the, uh, yes, to the... To the um, what do we call this? Steve Location job. gate? Is that what we call it now? Are we really calling it location gate? Oh, come on. It's got to be something gate. There's going to be some kind of pun based on the fact that you could go through a gate because it's a location. Oh, I don't know. They've opened um, the location gate. The, it, should, it should be the location open gate or something. I think we've talked about this. We certainly talked about it on the Mac Break Weekly. I think we probably talked about it on Twitter last week. My sense of this is, well, the, you know, this is, I don't think Apple was attempting to spy on us. Or well, what do you guys think? It, 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 it looks like in their explanations. I mean, the, the, the issue is, is that when they say that they're not tracking you, what they're saying is, is that we... All we're trying to figure out is where all the Wi-Fi spots are and, and where the cell towers are. We're not trying to figure out where you are at any moment, but we are trying to figure out where those are because what that helps is accelerate a cold start. So when you turn your computer, when you, when you come out of a plane or you come out of whatever and you, you have a hot start and a cold start with a GPS, and the faster the GPS knows where it, where it is, the faster it will light up all of those connections. And so that... So that, you're saying that's called the almanac. It keeps an almanac yeah. of... A previous uh, a location. Right. So you're saying that's all that was is the 
GPS almanac? Well, it's not the GPS one because it's not using the G, but it no. it's cheating by using the basically it's a GPS but by it's using, using cell towers. By using cell towers and Wi and Wi-Fi, it can it can more readily figure out where it is for a hot start. You know, and so having that data in there, um, you know, and, and then of course it also helps Apple. I mean, when you look at it helps Apple and Google figure out where um, they're going to do things like, you know, someone was talking about, you know, I was really surprised that my, my, uh, my hometown in Montana is completely mapped out in Google. Like, you know, and there's like one stoplight. And, and how and does that happen? Why does, why, does Google, why does Google map it there? Is because they've seen that there's a lot of people well, that are using Google services in that area because they're getting those reports back and they go, oh, well, we can pay, we, it's worth it to map out that area because there's enough people that would actually use it. Let me ask Clayton and Natalie, what do you guys feel? Do you feel like you, you both probably carry iPhones, right? Natalie, you carry an iPhone. Yeah, and you buy a phone that has a GPS inside of it, and then all of a sudden you're so upset right. that that a company would know when it's working. I I don't I think that this has kind of been blown out of proportion a little bit, and I, you know I think the mainstream media doesn't really understand it completely, so they're like, wait a minute. Well, um, there was a lot of correcting going on this week. Trust me. I mean, there was, you know, Apple. I would see the teases in different capacities. Apple is cashing in on your location. Really? Well, um, I'm sorry. How are they cashing? In. Are they selling this now to third parties and they're trying to make money based on selling you tacos because they know that you're 34th and Vine at this moment? No. Um, they're using it to obviously try to improve the devices and use this information however they're going to use it. But I agree with, I agree with Natalie in this. The, AT&T has this information. Right. I mean, no and we knew that they could do this for a long time because of mobile me's find my phone. Just right. because you don't pay for it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. So they always have had the ability to tell where your phone was by cell tower triangulation. Um, just the fact that it's cached in iTunes is what's so offensive here. And I'm not offended. I, I already knew that it could do this. All right. Let's well, see what the uh, let's see what the kids in South Park. Uh -oh. uh, think about uh, this whole thing. I mean, I got to push some buttons to make the magic happen here. It's so yeah, cool. the uh, while you're pushing the buttons, the I'm hoping that when Apple fixes this, they leave an option that says, you know, continue to cache or not cache. And they can default not cache. But I actually loved all the maps that I got. I got out of it, well, and I I'm, I'd be a little deal, bit bummed you're about trading, you're trading location information for convenience because you get some value out of this. I, I, Wait, you guys, I would, is find my iPhone free now? It used yes. to be part of Mobile Me. No, it's that free now. Free. It's, it's, it's free. free now. Okay, yep. I just wanted to correct so myself. So in there. effect, everybody gets it. So here's uh, here's our friends in South Park explaining how all this works. You see, and then I can take all my homework on my iPad and swipe it over to my iPhone. Oh uh, yeah, Apple stuff's pretty neat, all right. I just don't want any big company tracking where I am at all times. Ah, uh, that's just a rumor. They don't really track you. Here he is. Hello, Kyle. We're from Apple. We're all ready for you now. What? Ready for what? To fulfill the agreement. Can we get a weight, please? 83 pounds, sir. What agreement? 83 pounds, good. Let's get the blood work. Hey, you can't do that. You agreed we could take all the blood we needed. What are you talking about? <laughs> when you downloaded the last iTunes update, a window on your screen popped up and asked you if you agreed to our terms and conditions. You clicked agree. All right, let's get him to the water tank. The water tank? I'm not going with you. You've agreed to all of this. Hey! You gotta help me. These business casual G-men are trying to kidnap me. Business casual G-men? crazy, dude. They're saying it's because <laughs> I agreed to the latest terms and conditions on iTunes. Why? What did the terms and conditions for the last update say? I don't know. I didn't read them. You didn't read them? Who the hell reads that entire thing every time it pops up? I do. Me too. 
You're telling me that every time you guys download an update for iTunes, you read the entire terms and conditions? Of course. Well, how do you know if you agree to something if you don't read it? <laughs> well, I turned off all my Apple stuff. They can't locate you if you don't have your stuff on, right? There he is. Hey, you! So, uh, obviously, they can. There's more to that. And uh, uh, I just would like to say to Comedy Central, before you pull this video off of YouTube, uh, I'm telling everybody that they should watch the entire episode, okay? Thank you. There's a couple of things in that. The terms and conditions, right? 15 pages. Or 30, terms no, of service. no, 35 last count. 35. 35 and pages. And how often do you have to agree to those? Pretty much all the time. Terms and conditions. Every update. All the time. Every update. But well, I think it's really interesting that, you know, main, you know, mainstream culture, quote, has caught on to this fact, you know, things that previously would be really super nerdy, like the amount of times you had to agree to a new terms and conditions update, that that's now something that's so mainstream, it's in, you know, a Comedy Central show. I think that's fascinating. It's actually uh, uh, a measure of Apple's success in, in mainstreaming yeah. iTunes and all of this technology that everybody knows about it and is aware about it. And I think But isn't this this is why Facebook then changed their policy terms right. when it came That's to right. privacy because they realized no one's reading this, no one understands it. Now we're gonna write this just in everyday vernacular. Which nobody still reads, but right. at least if you did, you'd understand it. Right. Uh, I think what's uh, uh, become very clear now, and I think every company now realizes this, is we are aware of it. People are aware of it, and it will be a story. Whether it's a legitimate story or not is is irrelevant. It is important that companies tell you clearly and obviously that they're doing this. Apple didn't do that. They didn't handle it very well. If there's a failure here, it's a PR failure more than anything else. But going forward, you know, Apple, Google, and everybody else, look, it should be obvious. It's obvious to us that if you've got a phone with a GPS, that you're being tracked. And, and a microphone and a camera, that there's, this is the ultimate spy device. But I think it's gonna, it just behooves Apple and everybody else now to say, and they do this with other stuff. Remind us constantly. This is happening. It's a great conversation to have for people just to, for those, yes. for people who weren't clear of it. I think a lot of us just look at it and shrug our shoulders because to, to us it's obvious that you would be picking that information up. But I think that for people who, um, you know, buy iPhones, you know, the general population, I don't think that they, it, they even consider the idea. So I think it is a great thing to get press so that people know about it. I, do I think there's any, any big deal? I don't really think it's that big of a deal. But, but I do think that it's always... important for people to think about it. There's always people who will see an app and that, that will ask for their location. Like, why does my baby ABC app need to know my location? You know, and you just kind of, there are people who will shrug and say, whatever. And then there are people who will go, oh, my God, this is Big Brother. I can't handle it. Well, and, and uh, but who gets the benefit of these location services? The people who shrug. Well, and the other thing to remember is that yeah, I mean, this right? will. What, That's what, what I think. Yeah. It's not going to be Big Brother. It's going to be lawyers that really take advantage of this. I mean, my, my father will tell you, and my father's a lawyer. He'll tell you if, if there's a car accident, if he's got a client in the car accident, the very first thing he does is subpoena the phone records. Right. Because if you're on the phone when you're in the accident, Boom. he wins. You know, you know and, and it's just, you know, it's just like, you know, we're not, you know, they'll settle. The, the, the insurance company won't even take it to court at that point. You know, they've lost the case. And so, so it doesn't matter whether you're in the front or the back or sideways. If you're on the phone, you're, you're done. You know, and, um, and so that's the first thing he does. And, and that, what they're going to start doing is, of course, you know, subpoenaing, you know, GPS. Well, records. law enforcement's done this all along. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, freely available to law enforcement. Hey, by the way, speaking of lawyers, both class action lawsuits against Google and Android uh, over this, uh, I mean, Google and Apple, Google, uh, $50 million lawsuit seeks to stop Google from selling phones with software that can track a user's location. Now, if they <laughs> succeed in that, aren't we all going to be pissed off? 
Yes. It's like this lawsuit, if they win, oh, we'll all have feature phones thanks to these two ladies in Michigan. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Now the, now, the only reason that there is a class action is because Google did, obviously did not include the, uh, the terms and conditions that AT&T. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, I want to come back. <laughs> a massive Supreme. This is so underreported that I bet you most of the people listening right now have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. This may be the single most important story of the week. Yeah. Uh, a Supreme Court decision that changes everything. And uh, I don't know why it didn't get more attention. Uh, certainly should have gotten more attention than, uh, than location. Too complicated. Gate. Yeah. Takes too much uh, brain power. But not for our audience. They're brilliant. That's why I know that when I say, why don't you go to gotomypc.com right now and sign up for your free 30-day trial. They're going to go right now to gotomypc.com. Use the promo code TWIT after you click the Try It Free button. There's now iPad. Have you put it on your iPad yet? It's on the iPad. I've not put it on my iPad yet. Yeah, that's right. I've really, go to, to media on my iPad. Get it on the iPad. App Store. So what happens is you put Go To My PC on your Mac or your PC, and then you leave the office, and you can go anywhere. You take your iPad with you, and it's so weird to see a Windows PC on an iPad, by the way. It's a little strange, but it works great. It's very fast. These guys at Citrix know uh, how, to, how to, you know, really get performance out of this, even out of slower, more latent networks. They're experts. They, they created remote access, and in fact, that's what's licensed to Microsoft. If you, uh, if you work in enterprise, you know about the Citrix server. This is the best stuff. Um, and the, I like it because go to my PC for the iPad gives you the best of both worlds. This very thin, light device, and now you're you're running your computer, Windows PC. You can run any program, send and receive email, access any network resource, even email yourself data into your iPad. So you got it. Sets up in minutes. No IT help is required. The iPad app is free, and for the next 30 days, so is go to my PC. Give it a try. Go to mypc.com. Click the Try It Free button, and use the offer code TWITC. You're smart. And I knew you would do that. So, Alex, fill us in. What is this Supreme Court decision? So, the, so this, you know, there was a class action lawsuit against AT&T, and, and, and it came, got to the Supreme Court. And uh, basically, AT&T's argument is we have uh, – it's in our terms of agreement. That you, you didn't can't... read the terms of agreement? Yes. It, How it can you agree to something if you don't read it? Exactly. And they, they said that basically we said you can't sue us as a class action. You can't – you know, like that, that you agree not to do that. And the Supreme Court upheld that. That ruling. So that basically what this means, and, and what this means uh, effectively, because um, this breaks, this is against the law, this was against the law in 20 states, you know, to, to put that in, into the terms of agreement, which now the, is theoretically overturned by the Supreme Court. Uh, but the what Ninth, this the Ninth mean, Circuit said no to AT&T. That's why they went to the Supreme Court and got a very favorable ruling. Well, this is, and, and uh, what will effectively happen is... Uh, Every EULA that you get in the next within the next year most likely will have this clause. It's the in end, it. Is it the end of class action laws? Now, I'm not necessarily a fan of class action lawsuits, but oftentimes the damages are so small that you're not right. going to sue. You can't. The only way you can correct something, you know, it's an early termination fee. Are you going to spend half a million dollars pursuing AT and T over an early termination fee of 150 bucks? You're not. On the other hand. The purpose of a class suit is that it can, you can get AT&T to change your behavior by having to pay a class, uh, and, and, you know, $150 each. That's Now you can get some decent money out of that. Their contingency fees are higher, so you can get a lawyer to represent you. Contingency fee on $150 ain't so good. Uh, I think these class action lawsuits, I know, I know we don't want a lot of litigation, but I think this is the only well, way to to take care of some of these consumer issues. And I think that one of the reasons people have been a little blasé about it is because it had, It is a. Uh, there have been so many frivolous class right. action lawsuits, and that. so I think that what's happened is is that 
that so many people are using it when they shouldn't. And, and, and admittedly, law firms who their business is, you know, get a class action together, settle. And remember, uh, the, some of these, these law firms are taking anywhere from 20 to 40 percent of the take. So, you know, you have a $100 million uh, class action that gets settled out and they're taking 20 to $40 million off the top of that. And so those are the, you know, so that these law firms that have made it a business and, and gotten into this, into this mess, uh, you know, is I think why a lot of people just kind of roll their eyes like, well, it's probably better to not have so many, but it is not very, none. very, it's very, very important um, to be able to uh, have class actions is a very important tool when things are happening that are beyond the reach of criminal activity, but are, you know, wrong. <laughs> and, 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 and allowing people to make that decision is, is very, very, very important. And this is a, it's a big deal. It's very complicated. It would have to be fixed now in Congress. Oh, absolutely. And all of these, think about it. If, and this sets a certain a precedent, right? So why wouldn't every company then take this tactic you immediately oh, and yeah. start to print as tiny a print as possible? So that I, you know, I would need a, a I would need a penguin style monocle to start studying all the fine print in documents. <laughs> yeah. I see it. Uh, they, they can also, the other side of the flip coin is, is a company like ANTT can require, can force mediation, say you can't sue us. Uh, we can force that you go to mediation if you if you do have a problem with this. That's not the only decision, a court decision this week that kind of uh, carries some weight. This one's a little more subtle and a little more difficult. Um, on uh, Thursday, the uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, ruled that an employee doesn't have to actually hack anything to be prosecuted for hacking. So, essentially, the judge wrote... And the dissent agreed that an employer can write a internet policy statement. If you break that policy, if you exceed authorized access, you can be prosecuted under federal anti-hacking laws. Any person, the, 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 I think the judges in the minority, in the majority, thought that this uh, this really means that you, if you're you know doing something fraudulent, you can get prosecuted. They even used the word fraudulent. But the minority decision was very clear that, in fact, you don't have to be committing fraud, just just breaking the policies of your company. So get ready for some all sorts of criminal prosecutions for people, you know, surfing to eBay against company policies and being accused of hacking. Or even maybe being on someone else's account. Like, right. I'm just thinking at, at CNET, we always left ourselves logged oh, in to... Oh, never do that. Mm -mm. You know, at, well, the our, our CBS mail on, on a podcast computer or something like that. Right. And then you, you see that you're not in your own account. This That also opens you up to f being fraudulent, even if you didn't really mean it. You just didn't realize it wasn't you that's logged in. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm sure we'll discuss this. Maybe we already have on This Week in Law where we have actual lawyers... Uh, but this is kind of a, a, a scary uh, precedent. No hacking is required to be prosecuted as a hacker. We also got uh, uh, quarterly results from Apple and Microsoft this week. And for the first time in history, Microsoft, Apple was more profitable than Microsoft. And, and more, it, it, Apple grossed and netted more yeah. than Microsoft. Yeah. We would have never thought that, I mean, like 15 years ago. It was uh, well. It's interesting because Apple. You'd expect Apple to gross, you know, have more revenue because they're selling expensive hardware. Right. But their margins, you would think, are so small, so much smaller than a. I mean, what's the margin on a copy of Windows? Right. I mean, once they've done all the R and D, they could sell you, you know, 
a trillion of them at the same, you know, with full 100% profit. But uh, uh, in this case, Apple's hardware is so profitable, and they sold so much of it, they actually made more money. Still, it's still less profitable as a, as a percentage uh, than Microsoft, but they just made a lot right. more money. They made 50% more money, I think. billion dollars. Right. They just made a little bit more margin, but they, they made, I think, 50% more, more revenue. Mon revenue. Right. So it's still a, a smaller margin, but they're just, they're just uh, outgrossing Microsoft. Does that lot. seem, Will Harris, like a sudden change in the way of the world? Undoubtedly, it makes Apple, you know, notionally the most successful computing company pretty much on the face of the planet, doesn't it? They make, they make, they make more money than Google. They make more money than uh, yeah, Microsoft. Which is amazing. They now have enough uh, cash uh, in their bank account to give every single man, woman, and child in the United Kingdom $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they should do that. Dream on, Will Harris. Dream on. <laughs> Just send them all an iPad. You know, Will's feeling cocky because he got a four-day weekend because of the royal wedding. Now, that, you know, Will's feeling cocky because he got his new toy. You got a white That's one. Look at that. Is it is it thicker than the black one? Oh, by like a quarter of a millimeter, maybe. Ah, oh, it's about time. It about time that it's thicker, or about time that it's white. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from making any more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you really? There's a wide. It's a big. I just okay. <laughs> okay. You're smart, Clayton. You're a very smart man. I, you're just thinking he's two words. It went, it went over Juan my head. Williams. It Juan went, Williams. Juan Williams. Just keep, keep it saying. Went over it. my head and then slapped me in the back. Of uh, yeah, uh, and it's, it's very no, but it is right. And I heard, I read uh, some of the cases too. It don't fit, fit, right? The uh, the yeah, some of the original cases it won't fit or it fits too snugly, and you need to get uh, you need to get some of the cases that at least have like a, a bit of a bendy a bendiness quality to them, so you can slide it in there because it's a little too thick, yeah. or at least on the front. So if it sits up there, um, it's a little it's a little thicker on the top on the plastic part. So we can now say uh, this could be the tagline: the uh, new iPhone. It's white, it's thicker, and it won't fit. <laughs> <laughs> we all just think, yeah, we're all just gonna like. Come on, I know you want to say that's what she said. I know you want to say that. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> I'm just torturing you. So Microsoft, sorry, I'm so sorry, Natalie. You're that's a, all right. You're, you're a mother. I shouldn't treat you like that. I am someone's mother. And She's someone's, someone's mother. I expect respect, and I'm also the princess of ice or whatever. Ah, <laughs> yes, you will soon be. Uh, we now know what you're getting for Mother's Day. I hope you weren't listening. <laughs> So, um, so don't get all excited, Apple fans, though. Just because Apple made more money doesn't mean it's uh, commanding a bigger percentage. According to uh, Gartner Group, Microsoft has 79% of worldwide OS revenue. I think that, uh, that's according to revenue, right? Not, yeah. not actual install. Yeah, Apple's actually uh, after Red Hat on that one. Mm -hmm. But I guess because they don't sell. I mean, everybody who gets a Mac has an operating system. They don't sell the operating system. Right. Um, Apple's market share, uh, global market share, is 1.7% up from 1.6%. Uh, according to revenue. According to revenue. Well, what I, do you think about all this cash? You know, every few months you hear these uh, pieces come out. God, that, I'd just uh, love to have like, what is it, $32 billion? 66 now, I think. 66? No, 66 they're up to. <sighs> yeah. what would but you they sit on this cash, right? And every few months you have some market analysts who say, you know, why isn't... Uh, why isn't Apple buying up companies? Um, I, why? <laughs> why? Well, you they, know, what, I mean, they bought Lala, right? That was the last thing they bought. Yeah, but that was yeah. cheap. 
Well, the bottom it's line like, is it gives them the option that if they need to buy something to to solve some issue. I mean, they someone talked about you know Comcast making more money. They could they could I mean they could buy uh, you know Netflix for instance. If they, they they just write a check for Netflix. It wouldn't even show up on yeah. the it wouldn't even I show mean, up I on think, the main page of their you know of their expenditures. Right. You know, it's, I think one of the things they they like doing, and one of the things I think um, you know the the operations guy are quite hot on are quite hot on doing, is because they have this massive pile of cash, they can make really really big advanced orders for all the actual right. components and hardware that they that they manufacture in China yeah. and that means they can guarantee cheaper prices so when something like the you know the Japan earthquake happens they've already got all their pricing and all their hardware you know locked up for the next 6 months so something like that just doesn't affect them at all so we saw you know i think in apple's um, results that the the, the the japan earthquake kind of had no effect on their net margin and that's because they've got so much cash they're able to guarantee all these orders you know 6 or 12 months in advance to make sure they get the pricing that they want and that's why apple is able to you know really make such great um, margins on, on all its products. Or, as Reverb Mike in our chat room says, maybe Apple's saving up to buy America. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I think that they could, at some point in time, it does, it does give them room to be very aggressive about certain things. If they need to push a technology, if they need to push something down the path, or they need to purchase something much larger, maybe they have ideas about that. But it also does mean that they can... Um, you know, they can do that without worrying about running out of cash. And because they're a hardware manufacturer, I mean, you see that, you know, these expenditures that they're making over the next year, or over, I think the next quarter, I think was like 11 billion. And so they, you know, if they're going to continue to grow, uh, you know, they have to be able to buy, uh, they have to have a, a massive amount of cash on hand, much more than a software company like Microsoft because they're, because of their dealing with all these right. issues. Right. And I'm surprised Clayton hasn't said this yet, but you can tell they put a lot more money in research and development when it comes to a new product. They don't skimp. They don't cut corners. Um, and they will go back to the drawing board if it doesn't come out yeah, the way they want except to. As a, as a, except as a proportion of their, um, of their revenue, R&D at Apple is much, much lower than Microsoft's. 2%. Microsoft spends a really, really large portion of its, of its income on, um, on R&D. Apple's, but uh, Microsoft is R&Ding weird things that, you know, they... they <laughs> They just go and R and D whatever. Like, how can we? And they and we love them for it. Bed sheets or whatever. No, um, and it's funny because the most operating system in, in a bed sheet and, and Apple only does the thing that things that they know. No, that's are a good really point. What's the last? What's the last big R and D thing to come out of Microsoft that we know of? Well, I would have said, said Connect, but they they didn't invent that. They no, bought no, it, it, it was the really that photo. Right. Wasn't yeah. it that photo? Photo synth and Surface. Let's not forget the fabulous big ass table. Generation, yeah, yeah, and I mean, and Photosynth, I have to say, is is my favorite app on my iPhone at the moment. Although oh, there are Photosynth. people who will say that Surface was also, um, a, I guess, repurposing of other ideas that weren't originally Microsoft's either. That's true. I guess, I guess, maybe Zune. That worked out pretty well for them. Ah! You're just that's just cold. You must be an <laughs> Apple fanboy to even say the <laughs> Z word, or as as you people say, the Z word. Actually, did you see the uh, the loss? Among other things, if you dig through the uh, Microsoft filing, the quarterly results, their uh, biggest loss was over two hundred million dollars online. This was this yeah. was the big money losing division. Was Bing? Mm -hmm. Or or I guess that wouldn't they argue that that's the big investment deficit spending? Right, it's because they spent so much. 
Have you seen the? I can't imagine it's back-end infrastructure, but so much on getting this thing up and running and the partnerships that they spent. They, they spent money hand over fist. Plus, they're doing all kinds of events like South by Southwest. They're running people at, in buses. Do you remember at uh, CES? They had all like the Bing buses you could take all around uh, Las Vegas. They spend money hand over fist on these large concerts where they, they're trying to be hip and cool, where people are going to show up to a concert that's put on by Bing. Um, and, you know, or they were rolling out for, uh, remember the Kin? Remember they rolled out the whole oh, kin the and they kin. Did, oh, yeah, and they did yeah, that whole yeah. big concert series for the kin. Like they wanted you know hip hip young kids to come and play with their kin phones at a Microsoft uh, concert series. Two event. people show yeah. up, right? So they spend like five million dollars on little things like that on a regular basis. I can't imagine that that's. I, I imagine that's probably what they did with Bing. Have you seen the maps? But on? they are. They they did gain no. percentage in in search. Yes. They're gaining percentage over, over Yahoo, they're though. They're buying not percentage. They're buying percentage. Right, right, right. So you, what's up with the maps, Alex? Is there... Well, they, they, they're spending a lot more money on maps, I can tell you that, than Google is. If you, look at, if you go to San Francisco and you compare the Google Maps and, and the Bing Maps, so Google is going around with a car, and that's cute. You know, they got little, little, little cameras and stuff like that. And I saw one go by. And uh, I was trying to think of something to do. I saw a Google car and I wanted to, like, it was coming by me and I felt like this is my moment. And I couldn't this think of This is my moment to, to moon it. I know, yeah. Something, it was like something, but oh, I couldn't do work. anything. But the, um, but the Bing Maps, froze. they're using. You froze. Oh, man, uh, the, the opportunity lost. They're using uh, LiDAR, you know, for the, and, and so that's that thing that spins but around. There's, if you actually move through the maps, you're realizing that there's like 3D models. It's not just like a, they're not just. Uh, planes, they can actually uh, move in a lot more. It's, it's a much much higher resolution than what Google's doing, and so this is just another area where they're they're dumping an enormous amount of money into things that they're kind yeah. of upping the level of competition, which I think is good. They call I mean, it street ahead. side instead of street view. Oh yeah. dear, do they really? Side. No, you're yeah, not joking. Yeah, check it out. Oh, I mean, although people are being you know quite down on the Microsoft Online figures, I think there are a couple of interesting things. Number one, you know, it wasn't so long ago that everybody was really down on the hardware um, end of Microsoft and that, you know, it's their games division that was losing hundreds of millions a quarter. And now their games division is is making them a ton of money. You know, they put that investment in and they're now reaping it back. Um, and I don't think it's going to be too long, actually, before the games division starts to get into sort of net profit over the sort of five or ten years they've been operating it. I think they're hoping the same will happen for, for the internet division. If you look at the revenues for the internet division, they're actually up year on year. So it is, you know, although they're losing money, um, it is growing in the way that they want it to. You want to, take, you want to take a guess at how much money they've lost online? Uh, in total? Total. Oh, I'm going to go the graph. for a billion, before, a before billion you, dollars. Before you say that, let me show you the graph. This is going back to 2005, $3 billion. Ouch. Ouch. And it's, it's not getting better. Um, but if you look back, I mean, they were, they were making money in the first couple of years, just looking at that graph. It was Actually, like two years where they were like making That's, money from online. What were they doing? I showed last year's graph. <laughs> it's even worse. Maybe that was Hotmail. That was, that was last year's graph. It's even worse with Bing. Oh, dear. <laughs> that was from 2010, so it's been this way for a while. Yeah, they lose; they've lost a huge amount of money. Um, but they you, can afford to, right? You can afford to, and you—it's not unheard of to buy market share in search, as long as the market share doesn't shrivel up and and blow away when you stop buying those ads. At some it looks point, looks like our federal budget. Yeah, at some point you have to make money on this thing. Yeah, right. You can't just keep spending and say, "Well, we're growing our search uh, share." 
Uh, speaking of saving money, uh, I think this is kind of interesting. Amazon is getting into a price war with iTunes over the cost of a song. Uh, iTunes brand new songs cost as much as a dollar twenty nine. Used to be uh, that you could buy uh, the same song for eighty nine cents on Amazon dot com. Now sixty nine. And this is why we love competition. This is yeah, consumers we... win, right? Yeah. Sixty nine cents. Now wow. I can go pick up that new Rebecca Black song. Uh, for a lot less than I can get it on iTunes. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm not going to start singing or anything, but uh, wow. Friday. Hey! Um, Knock it yeah, off. I think this is great, but, you know, it, it does... It, where for iTunes, Apple has always had this be a yeah. You know, they don't make much money off of the music licensing from iTunes. No, in fact, the, I think the price jump was not Apple. It was the record industry that wanted to go up, which is interesting. I think what they're they're maybe uh, so afraid of the power iTunes is wielding now that yeah. they're that they're going to Amazon. You can charge less. Well, is this now a loss leader for for Amazon? Does Pulling Amazon? You know, Amazon sets the price on apps. They set the price on books, don't they? I think they maybe not, but they do set the price on apps. I wonder if they're setting the price. On no, no, music. they don't. Remember, they they got taken to court by the publishers because the publishers wanted right. it wanted to control the price. Right. Um, and Amazon had to capitulate, and so now the publishers have said. more control. Right. So you would think that the same would apply to music. Um, I don't know, but you apps, might also apps, think that this is something price. that's incenting users to build up their Amazon library so that they're using Amazon Cloud Drive. Right. Mm. Well, that's the other side of it. So I buy one song for 69 cents, and now I get 20 gigs on Cloud Drive for a year. Yeah, if Cloud Drive is up and working. Was it down to? I think sued. you have to buy an album, not a song. Oh, all right. But they have lots so of 99-cent albums, by the way. Oh, well, then there you go. They have the, you know what? They, they've got lots of cheap. You know, five dollar albums. They're selling fifty. Clayton's polka album is really cheap on there. If you wait a minute, are you Clayton a polka, polka album? Are you a polkaist? Wow. Uh, I have a. Uh, no, I don't have a polka album. I was trying to take that and run with it, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to start a, a meme uh, that I actually have an accordion. Clayton's accordion. Wait a minute. I'm going to look this up because I think Natalie would not lie about something like that. <laughs> I think you do have a polka album, and you're covering it up. That was the real clincher. I, I fell in love. I only, when he serenaded yeah, exactly. me over, over. <laughs> she was at an Oktoberfest celebration. I was wearing some sort of kilt. It was Clayton's oompa pa. It's the leader who is in and the accordion. I'm a sucker for it. Now I searched and for I searched for Clayton Morris on uh, on Amazon, but I said, but it says, do you mean Clapton Morris? All right. <laughs> And then no, says, no, no, no polka album. No, no polka. But yeah, I mean, you have to think that this is some sort of a loss leader for them. And yeah, exactly, to to drive more people to using the cloud storage option. Um, and you know, I just don't know. I was having this debate the other day with someone about whether or not it's valuable to have this storage locker in the cloud. Are we? You know, Steve Jobs has argued that we all want to own physical media, but does this give us some sense of ownership when we put our ones and zeros in some sort of a sky cloud locker somewhere? Um, we don't own it anyway. We don't have access to this physical ones and zeros anyway. It's not like we're sitting here with a CD in our hands. We had a um, great interview with Michael Robertson on uh, Triangulation on Wednesday. He's the guy who did MP3.com and was chased out of the business by uh, Universal to suit him. And then, and then when they got the stock price of MP3.com low enough, they bought it. So, I mean, just a, cl just a classic, just shark story. Uh, but uh, he, that was the first music locker. The whole idea of MP3.com was if you have a CD, you put it in your CD player, 
your computer would generate a hash and then say, okay, now you can listen to that. Without ripping it, without uploading it, now you can listen to that music on mp3.com because you've shown us that you own it. And uh, even though there was no merit to the lawsuit, they couldn't afford to defend it. This is what Michael says. It's a great interview. You should listen to it on Triangulation. But, uh, but, and then you, and, and universally even admitted to him afterwards, Edgar Bronfman, uh, celebrating in the closing dinner after they bought mp3.com. Uh, even then, he said, "Nah, it's just business, man. <laughs> it's just business. We just uh, we sued you, so uh, you, you'd have to sell to us at a lower price." Uh, just a, the record industry has such a horrid track record. It's just amazing, and of course, there is a cable vision decision. Remember, cable vision made a online DVR in which you would record shows and store it on their cloud. Uh, for your DVR instead of a hard drive in the thing and was sued by the movie industry and won. Movie industry lost in that one and that's kind of a definitive case but do notice that uh, Amazon and anybody else you have to f even though they may not even be keeping a copy of the song who knows how they're actually doing it but you have to upload your music well, and I think before you can store it in the cloud. I think one of the big challenges for the record industry and the media industry in general is trying that what they're desperately trying to do is keep everybody even. Uh, or try to even this well, that's out. That's what I because meant. I say. They're afraid of uh, the the, the uh, power of a Apple's iTunes, so they maybe are they throwing a bone to Amazon. Well, and and they're and they're trying to do the same thing with Netflix, and they're trying to do the same thing right. with Google. What they don't want against each other. What they don't want is anybody to get control because all of these companies are much more savvy than they are. So if you with Google, Amazon, uh, Apple, Netflix, these guys are moving much faster. If any of them get far enough ahead, they know that they'll start dictating terms, which. Interesting left would most likely be good for the industry <laughs> because they actually know what they're doing. Right. Um, but the industry is, it, I think that they don't know which way is up at this point. I think that they can't figure out why people aren't buying any more DVDs. They can't figure out why people don't want to buy any more music. And What's wrong with you, know, you as people? Yeah, and, and, they're, and they're trying to figure out how to, how to stem the bleeding. Let's take a break. We're going to come back with more, uh, some, some big transactions. Delicious gets sold to Hurley and Chan from... Hundreds of dollars. Uh, <laughs> Logitech makes almost thousands of dollars on its Google TV and more all coming up. We're talking big numbers here. Before we go on, though, I want to talk about Audible.com. Show of hands. Any of you guys listen to audio books by any chance? All the time. Absolutely. The time. Natalie? Oh, you do too. Okay. You're just being, or oh, she was just fixing her hair. She doesn't really. No, listen. I was nodding. Yes. <laughs> We're all big fans. Yes, and I I'm presume here, Leo. If you listen to audiobooks, that you're listening to Audible.com, right? I mean, there's, is there a is there a choice? No, not no, a good there's one. There's not there's not a choice. It's a monopoly of audio. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a monopoly. Actually, the library does it, and uh, and so yeah. forth. But as far as I'm concerned, there's no choice simply because there's nothing better. Right. Audible.com has all the greatest books. 70,000-plus titles. Uh, you can play them on pretty much any device, including, of course, all the uh, iOS devices, but also all the Android devices. In fact, I really love, and I, and I use it all the time, the uh, Audible application on Android. It's got a great widget, so I can see what's playing. I can see the album art. Um, I, I don't have to download books ahead of time. I, can, I see my entire Audible library on my uh, Android or iPhone and then pick a book that I want to listen to at the moment. And, I, you know, what I love, one of the things I love about Audible is that your library is always available to you. Unlike iTunes, you can re-download those songs, any, or books, I'm sorry, anytime you want. So it is like a, a library uh, that works on the Kindle. In fact, I just got that new Kindle, you know, the ad-supported Kindle. It's interesting. Amazon is now putting all your Audible books on there 
as well as the books that read the you know the textbooks that you're reading. Oh, that's great. Um, isn't that good? Because yeah. the, because they've got three gigs on there. That's enough for quite a few audiobooks in addition to the regular uh, e-books that you're reading. I just I, I look at I look at books now. If they have too many words, I'm like, this is way too many words for me to actually words. read. I was like, this is a this is a book I'm going to. I will listen to this book. You know, but but it's uh, but interesting. If, it's interesting with the Kindle too because you can do the text to speech on some of the books if the if the company allows it. So you're sitting there with your Audible books, like on a flight, for instance, and you've got one that's a text version of the book, and you can flip it to the text to speech, and you can also then jump over and listen to your Audible Audible books on there with a with a voice actor who does it better than that robotic. Well, I have voice. to say, I mean, if you're if you're for instance listening to Rob Lowe's unabridged memoir stories, I only tell my friends. Do you want to hear somebody that sounds like this? Read it. Or do you want to hear <laughs> right. Rob Lowe himself read it? Let's listen to little Rob Lowe. I'm just curious what the stories are that he only tells to his friends. This is one of 70,000 titles. If you go to audible.com slash twit2, you can pick the first two of them free. Come on, Rob. I want to hear you, man. Currents of fame, dating, career ups and downs. Curious to see how his life would play out. I love Rob Lowe. Sometimes is he it and just I me? I, I, so I, I didn't know anything. I've never actually seen him talk. And to, my my wife, it wasn't me. I'm just I'm just trying Your to. Your wife. My wife was watching Rob Lowe on Oprah. I guess like yesterday or the day before. She had recorded it and she was playing it. I found myself. I got hooked into an Oprah he's show. He, he's like he's like so level headed and so. You know, he's got, you know, all this stuff. And I was just like, wow. He was so good in the West Wing. What is he doing lately? Does he have a new show? He must be if he's Doesn't in he, he was in that Sally Field show, right? Where he was like a politician or something. I only know because my Brothers mom and sisters. It. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I missed that. I'm not a Sally Field fan. She was great <laughs> well, in the flying How can you not nine. be a Sally Field fan? You love Sally Field, really? Yeah. You she like her? You mom. really like her? <laughs> she she really loves her. She really, really does. <laughs> hey, can I say something real quick about the app, the Audible app? Yeah. Because uh, I really started using it a lot since Christmas. Um, I was just always downloading the books and putting them on my, my iPhone. But now because, you know, you sign up for the plan, you the monthly gold package or whatever I have, you get free access to both either the New York Times or the Wall Street oh, Journal. You get a free I forgot to mention that. That's right. Paper. And I love it because also in the application and nowhere else can you have access to do this. You can do it like in, th in triple speed. <laughs> So, you know, I have to read copious oh, yeah. amounts of news, right? So I try to read all kinds of stuff. And then if, I want, if I'm doing something with a baby or something, I'll put on uh, the New York Times audio, audio download from that morning, which publishes every morning at 630. They I push have to out start doing this. Service. That's brilliant. And it's free. I mean, if you got the plan, it's free. Um, you can sign up for either one and you can switch at, at any time if you want to so jump over to Wall Street Journal. At the triple speed, how long does it take you to read the New York to Listen to the New because York it's Times. it's usually an hour. So yeah. if you do it at half speed, it's about minutes. a half hour. About wow. 15 minutes I can get through the, the New York Times. <laughs> that so is, that's I can't two diaper changes. I can't do 3X. <laughs> that is so amazing. I haven't tried and the guy, the guy does it in a way that's, that's agreeable. He, he talks like this normally. Welcome to the New York Times audio edition. Today, so welcome to the New York Times audio edition. Yeah, that's then he gets so up to three speed and then you're fine. Yeah, he talks normally. Right. Audible.com. Here's my recommendation. If you guys want to make a recommendation, you can. But... Uh, I just noticed that Childhood's End, the classic Arthur C. Clarke science fiction, with the greatest twist ending of all time, is available on Audible. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I was what? trying to mute the microphone and it fell. You just that don't like Arthur awful. C. Clarke. Go ahead. You I, could pick a I'm book. sorry. You want to you pick uh, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants? You go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is reading. What are you reading about uh, schools right now? It's a really... Yes, I'm trying... 
reading the Diane Ravitch book, The Life and Death of the American School System. It's getting me all worked up. You are such a intellectual, Natalie. I just, it, I'm always blown away by the, uh, the depth of your knowledge. Oh. She's very close to getting her PhD. So, yes, yeah, she is a nerd. She is a nerd of the highest order. So I did a search for Diane Ravitch. Those books aren't in there, but look at this. Her interview on C-SPAN's Book Notes, her interview uh -huh. on the Bob Edwards Show, her interview on Fresh Air. The, these are all on Audible. See, they have radio shows as well. I mean, this is, it's incredible. You probably would want to listen to this interview with her from, uh, from uh, the Fresh Air program. I'll tell you, audible.com, it's amazing. Two books free. Your first month is free. And on the Platinum Plan, you get two books a month. That's what I use. Audible.com slash twit2. And yes, when you sign up for that plan, you also get the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, and you can listen to that every single day. And I'm going to do your tip, Clayton. I think that's a great idea. The I love it. And you can switch speed. at any time, as far as I understand. So Wall Street Journal one month, you want to switch over and get uh, New York Times. And they do the column every day, and they pick some really great content to put up there. So Very good. I'm going to definitely do that. They have a lot of magazines and periodicals and stuff, too. So Logitech's uh, fourth quarter results came out, and we found out one thing I thought was kind of interesting. They make the Google TV. They're really the only one that makes a, 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 there's a, there's a Google TV part of a Blu-ray player, but this is the only standalone Google TV. Big profits, $5 million. Five million. This is such a piece of crap. I'm sorry. This is such a horrible product. Uh, Google... Uh, I'm sure intended to sell a lot more of these. Logitech, I'm sure, he's uh, the Logitech CEO says he's still enthusiastic about Google TV. But notice they have also scaled back their marketing, and uh, I think this is just a matter of time. Boy, Google. Well, I, I think the Logitech review just blows away the Apple TV. Really? Are you? Do you oh, use yeah. it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it blows it away in terms of capabilities, but it's so complicated, convoluted, and and, and I don't use an app. I have an Apple, the new Apple TV. Yeah, I it just doesn't do enough. It's just it's iTunes and uh, and uh, Hulu. No, what else is oh. Netflix? iTunes and Netflix. And that's it. I, I, and I MLB for me, I watch all my Phillies oh, you watch games. MLB, on okay. MLB is great, and the interface. I know Alex, you've talked about it's this on that before. The interface, the Netflix interface, the buffering is better on on uh, on. On the Apple TV, as opposed to Roku, just has a, it, it, it's cleaner, it's nicer. Really, I have to try it for that reason. Okay, and I can control it with my iPhone. Well, Which I can do that yeah. with my Roku too. You can do that so. with the Roku. I haven't. I haven't yeah, there's, there's a Roku app. Is there a Roku yeah. app? Okay, well, I missed. I, that. At least on Android, I have that. Because I, I but had you're the, right. The, the the Logitech review just incredibly terrible. ridiculous. I it was at the launch event, and then to set the thing up, uh, you had to have you know multiple accounts. You had to make sure you had this set up, this set up. And, you know, it wasn't accessing any of the content. And if you wanted to jump over to Hulu, you couldn't get access to Hulu. Very frustrating. Um, so very, I mean, very, very nerdy device. I'm disappointed. And, I was what? hoping it would be better. I really was. Because, again, expensive. competition. Yeah, yeah and very I, expensive. Two ninety nine. yeah. I would like to see something. I mean, I think that there's a lot, a lot of places that, it could, that Apple TV could improve. I'd love to see it, like, for instance, be able to connect a, a webcam, you know, to be able, and, and I'd love to see them open up the iOS. I wish that they would get pushed a little bit. Um, to open that up, but but I uh, but I have to admit that I don't. Once I got put the Apple TV into one one, I went to the next, you know, right. and, and installed it, and it's just it's easy for me to use. It's easy for Carlita to use. Um, one one big complaint I have about the Apple TV, for instance, the new AMC show, The Killing, as an example, um, came out. I forgot to D, I forgot to DVR it, so I was going to grab a few episodes. Natalie uh, refuses to watch it uh, because it's about killing. Um, and <laughs> Aptly so, named, apparently. 
Yeah, so I, I wanted to rent it and, and throw it up on airplane and just put it up on my Apple TV or just go through my Apple TV and rent it and watch it. You can't. There, yeah. There's no sign of it anywhere when you go into iTunes on the Apple TV uh, or when you go through the interface on Apple TV. But then when I jump into the App Store or jump into iTunes on my iPad, it's right there. I can rent every episode. I can buy the whole season, get a full season pass and, and watch it that way. Makes absolutely no sense, this uh, this content fracturing on these devices. And I get really frustrated. So we're going to fly out to San Francisco tomorrow. I'm going to load up a few episodes of it. Um, I'll have to rent them. I can buy them. But then if I want to go through the Apple TV to, to watch them, I can't unless I use AirPlay to throw it up there. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's. I, I'm sure that it has to do with you know the licensing that they're kind of they're kind of stuck stuck within but i i do think that it is a, it's you know all of this media stuff is just going to continue to get more and more sticky i think that's the, that's the issue is because everyone's well, trying to protect it all people are sensitive uh big story on uh wired.com the uh, age of broadband caps begins tomorrow mm. AT&T's I'm sorry, Will. We're leaving you out here. If you, if you, you know, if there's anything you have to say, I know. No, you, no, 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 no. I know you don't I get was, to I, Apple TV. Broad. You don't get Google TV, and now you don't get broadband. Do you get Apple TV? Oh, you do. Okay, have one. Oh, never mind. It doesn't, it doesn't work very well, but we still have it. <laughs> you can't put anything on it. And then meanwhile, Cause of, cause and Natalie's just fallen over. So. Uh, <laughs> no, the, but the broadband caps we're very okay with here. So. What are your broadband caps? Ah, uh, they're not that bad. Um, I think any get, cap is bad by its very nature. Yes, but we do. Um, we have pretty, I'd say, pretty mm, decent ones on on cellular data. So my um, iPhone has like a three gigabyte cap. Wow, it's awfully Which, low. I went through three gigs on my iPad very quickly. Yeah, really. What yeah, were you doing? Something. I'm curious because I, you know, I have to recommend and. Uh, now, of course, because I, you know, grandfathered in, I have the unlimited data plan yeah. on my iPad from the first generation and friends and, and segments that I do. Well, what do you recommend? Should I get, uh, you know, well, the, the lower five bandwidth app? You get five gigs. Unless somebody, it really depends on usage if you use Wi-Fi all the time. I was just downloading porn on the uh, airplane, and I think that's really what. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll, that's your problem. <laughs> that's You're sharing the entire aisle. <laughs> Not that I know. Uh, yeah, that's you can't do that on planes. No. Silly. Silly me. I, you know, and I have complained about the Comcast uh, uh, cap, although I realized that uh, in, in talking to Comcast, because I'm upgrading our, the one at my house, uh, I've never actually hit it. I thought that I, I, w I would definitely hit the Comcast cap because of, the, of my usage. 250 gigs. 250 gigs. And I have come close. I've, I, I, I looked at a, you know, I started talking to them, had them look through it and everything else, and I've hit 235. Wow. Um, and never if actually. There's anyone, if there's anyone that would, it would be you. Well, uh, and Pirate Bay. Yeah. But that's what these guys say. But, but I'm they say 99% of our users never come near them. The AT&T cap is lower. It's 150 gigs if you're a DSL subscriber. 250 if you're a Uverse subscriber. I guess the point, and by the way... You couldn't download 250 gigs on Uverse. I don't mean to be so rough about it, but man... Well, that's the service is so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's the solution, is make your service so crappy nobody's ever going to hit the cap. But I just think that this is both AT&T and Comcast has nothing to do with... Oh, you guys are using too much data, or let's punish bandwidth hogs. It has everything to do with getting in place. It's the camel's nose in the tent. It's getting in place so that as more and more people start using Netflix and iTunes and everything else, uh, you know, they can slowly clamp down on it because they really just want you to do email and. Uh... Somebody's getting a Sorry. call on their iPhone. Maybe it's me. <laughs> 
Could be me. Mine's in here. Okay. Everybody looked. Everybody, that's yeah, the new ringtone, by the way. Yeah. It's not, you know. It's uh, oh, I want to record that and make that my ringtone. That would be yeah. awesome. GSM sound. Then everyone would just be looking around. Yeah, right. What's going on? What's yeah. going on? Uh, I, I think you're dead right, Leo. I think the reason that these people are, uh, you know, the, the networks are so obsessed with, with um, bandwidth caps is because they can see a time when right. nobody really needs to buy, right. um, you know, your, your cable service. You don't need cable to get movies or TV. You just get it all over, exactly. over iTunes or IP or, or, or Netflix yeah, exactly. or something like that. Especially as live streaming starts picking up speed. No, well, that's is. the last I mean, little. What do they? What do we see? The Netflix is like forty percent of primetime bandwidth consumption in the U.S. I mean, it is. We're all sitting there watching Netflix. Well, there's Netflix, but when you start looking at the stuff like the president doing um, open, you know, on Facebook, uh, right. on Facebook, and then you look at the royal wedding, and and you start seeing all of the streaming happening. Once you once news and uh, sports uh, become regular live streaming events, there's no reason to have a TV. And obviously, uh, both you and I have a vested interest interest in this. Will because we're internet broadcasters. Caps, caps yeah. you. It's channel, a problem. Yeah, channel flip. I mean, you're you're aspiring to be a television network over the internet, right? Yeah, and so I think um, you know over here we're we're already starting to see it, albeit with um, with phone companies rather than cable companies, where people are starting to question. You know, we have to pay all this money to have a you know, effectively over here if you have you have to have um, a phone line to have internet, and now people are saying, well, I don't really need a phone line because I have a cell phone, so why can't I just have internet? Right. And all the phone companies are saying, well, we don't want you to really just have the internet right. because then we won't really make any money. Right. So that's the, you know, the same thing is happening over here. It's bare deal. You, you, have to, you have to get a phone line no matter what in your package? Well, they don't have cable uh, companies, right? Because we don't really have cable. So all of the, we only have all DSL. Of the services through the phone. So you really in a worse competitive situation, at least in the States, you usually have a choice between cable and, and the phone company. Yeah. So generally over here, you can't, um, most, you know, everywhere obviously has phone. So you can have DSL and you can choose between your DSL providers, but you still have to have um, the, the, you still have to pay for a phone because you have to have the phone service to have the DSL service. Um, and so people are saying, well, why is that? You know, why is that really? It's 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 the same. Why why can't I just have internet and not have phone? If you're in a place in England where you can get cable, most people who can do, because it's faster and the packages are generally better. You know what? Something sticks out to me in all this. I'm reading the, the new In the Plex, the Steve oh, uh, Stephen Levy book. book. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Great, and you know, terrible name. Yeah, you know, yeah. Stephen was on uh, to this week in Google on uh, on Wednesday. And he was saying, oh, yeah, we went back and forth about the name, and we decided on this one. And I want to say, boy, you made it. So, what the hell were <laughs> yeah. you thinking? Yeah, boy, bad choice. Yeah, I didn't say that. I should have. But, uh, but Larry Page, you get from the book, you know, and you really get this big thinking person in Larry Page. And, you know, I, I want to build this monorail system. And, right. I, went, and I, feel like, I feel like this issue that we're just talking about is an area where Google could, wants to just swoop in and say, you know what? Uh, incredible high-speed internet access for every community in America. We're just going to cover it. We have the money in the bank. We're going to build it. We're going to cover it. They're already doing it in certain communities, and you know that it benefits them to have more people more quickly on the internet. Uh, there's still, uh, I don't know, is it 22% of the country that still doesn't have broadband access? This seems to me like a Google problem, well, something that you... Wouldn't, that? wouldn't the real, the real uh, wouldn't the top 20 markets be the place that you could put a lot of pressure on them? 
you put a lot of pressure on the uh, top 20, top 100 markets uh, where you can put a lot of pressure because that's where everyone's making their money. Um, you know, the, and, and there's typically a lot of bad service, you know, you know, the, uh, the service that we get in San Francisco or where, where we used to get in San Francisco until I moved, um, you know, is just horrible. Uh, now some of that has to, I think some of that requires some legal battles, but if you started really saying, this is what it's going to look like in these big markets, it would force a lot of these companies to go to backtrack, I think, because everyone would jump on. I would jump on. Like if, if Google came in here and said gigabit ethernet, oh, I'd do it. gigabit connection for $200 a month. Or $150 a month, no caps. You yeah. know, you can. You the problem can, is that then they would be a monopoly. So, because nobody would compete with that. And that's the problem is that all this, all this infrastructure is so expensive. So they have to put fiber in to make that work. And that's right. very expensive per subscriber. Here's my suggestion. And I, I don't, uh, this isn't my idea. This is an idea that Bob Frankston came up with. We had Tim Pozar on triangulation last week. The cities should treat the wiring for inf internet broadband as infrastructure, just so, as they do water and uh, sewer, yep. put that in and then say, compete. You, you, we will do the infrastructure. Now let's have 100 ISPs so, trying to provide the best service. Do you know who's doing that? Who? Uh, so I, I hate to bring this up because I always bring it up. Rwanda. So Rwanda owns all the fiber going through. They are running fiber to sensible. every city. They're, all the fiber coming in and all the fiber going around. And they have tons of extra dark fiber that's there. They do everything up to the last mile. And then they say, okay, now all of the cell providers and all the internet providers get to plug into this fiber right. backbone, um, you know, and it's done, it was done correctly, it's done by one, and, and then, but the government also says, this is, the, this is the amount you're allowed to charge over what we're charging you for, right. the, for your service. Now, you can add other services to that, but I don't for think basic they internet. Do that. I think they should just say, hey, you charge whatever you want. If there's competition, right. the price will find its uh, natural resting right. point. The reason you do this, though, is it really is infrastructure, and you don't want the yep. government in the internet service business. Yep. Because then they control, you know, the, the channels here. But, but it's infrastructure. And I don't think you want the federal government doing it either. I think you want a lot of small municipal governments doing it. But that's just a thought. Anyway. Well, the problem is, is that in, in these uh, ISPs saw, saw this happening. And so some cities started do, getting into this business. And the ISPs immediately came in and, uh, and got laws passed. So like in Pennsylvania, the government's not allowed to... Not allowed to even roll, not even allowed right. to lay the fire. Yeah, and th you can thank Comcast and, and Verizon for that because yeah. it's, uh, they just didn't want the competition. Right. Um, delicious sold by from Yahoo to Chad Hurley and Steve Chen. I think they did this. It was a couple of million. I think it was a charitable donation to the Internet. I think the, they said, yeah, delicious should be kept around. Well, you know, it costs us nothing. We'll just uh, throw a couple little money. We got some money from, uh, we got a few billion from Google. Did they ever, actually? I, I had the sense when I saw that. that did, they, did they release the terms? No, they didn't. But I do remember Yahoo saying, "Hey, we'll sell it for two million. Oh, I, I had the. I, I, I had the, uh, the impression. It was less than that. You think it was like a hundred thousand? I think it was. Yeah. We will take over the cost of running it. That might be. I think that was. I think that was. We'll the, take it off your hands. Just you give guys, us the pink slip. We'll pay the insurance. It? Yep. You know, I once when they made all that noise about uh, going out of business, I changed over to a delicious. API compatible site called Pinboard. What do you Pinboard. use, Clayton? I, you know, I end up using. I find that I'm using Instapaper more and more. Well, I uh, love that. Just, but I don't use it. Hmm, I, I think I'm using it, obviously, to read content. Right. But I'm also saving stories there that I just want to remember. And I'm, you know, okay, now. So here's my. I'll give a plug for Pinboard and why I like Pinboard. It's not free, yeah, by the way. You have to buy it. But that's one of the reasons I like it because they have a financial model that makes sense, right? You know, you know, and we use it to bookmark all our stories. So Pinboard uh, follows the delicious API, but it adds some features. See, Yahoo never added anything to 
to delicious. They just let it lie fallow. But for instance, it will follow a Twitter account. So I have a special Twitter account, links underscore four underscore twit. And anytime I tweet a story there, it automatically goes into the bookmarks there. Hmm. I can add a hashtag if I want. So then when Eileen, our producer, sits down and says, what are we going to talk about? All the stories we talked about have been tagged by me and others into our pinboard account. Then she can go through it, um, which makes it you know, really easy. Um, it does do what you want to do, Clayton, which is for, a sli I think, $25 a year. You could say, I want you to capture this entire page, save it, cache it have it locally for me so it, yeah. ha it has that feature so you don't have to read these pages you save them forever though but it's still scattered all over the internet for me i mean if i'm going right. to go into a meeting and pitch stories for the show on the weekend on fox and friends and i've got you know i'm, I'm in this app and i can't I, I i can only email it to myself i can't save it out to delicious somewhere uh, because it's a native app on the well, ipad or something that's there that's exactly what i use it for you have a special pinboard email so you can email it to your pinboard ah you also have uh, the tweets, and almost all the all the things like Flipboard and everything will support you tweeting something. And listen to I this use high that praise. Evernote for this kind of Evernote's thing. Evernote's great too. I love it. But yeah. they don't really do social all that well. Right. Because there are a lot of times I might see something and make a note and want to share it just with Clayton, um, and you know you'd have to either send the whole thing or you can't really Didn't start they to collaborate. Just have an update though. Time. Didn't they, this week they just they added social? Update. I was listening to the Evernote podcast by the way this week actually, and they. they I think they just added a big social component to Evernote. Uh, I have to check that. I will. I, yeah, I downloaded it, but I don't know uh, what's new. Well, and you know, I love Evernote, and I love Phil Libin, uh, and I've interviewed him. I've had him on my show. Really great, I and think I think they do great. great, do great stuff. And yeah. I, the the iPad app is fantastic, but Evernote updates every day. It right. does. They well, always have don't an app update. That's good. Don't you want that? What's wrong with that? Every time I log into Evernote. Yeah, I have an update. That means it's getting <laughs> the better. The desktop version is what kills me. It's right. always trying to update. So look at you this. know that those guys are working feverishly. Yeah. So this is the Twitter uh, links for Twitter account. So I follow a lot of news organizations. So one way that I can send something right now to Pinboard is just by retweeting this. And as soon as I retweet this, um, this is let's say I want to retweet this uh, Nick Bill. Oh, I'm not logged in, so I can't. But if I were logged in, I could retweet it, and then it would go right into Pinboard. And I can add uh -huh. hashtags. I just think it's and, and since so you don't have to search through Twitter to find stuff you've shared no, before. You don't have to search through right. Instapaper to say it's all right there. It's all right here. And then see, Pinboard just adds it as something it saw on uh, Twitter, on the Twitter account. Let me see if I can find. Yeah, it says from Twitter. See, so that means it was from from the Twitter account. And I used hashtags two ninety nine. That's episode two ninety nine Windows Weekly. And that so that way, it pulls it right in. And it's just a retweet. But I have the article now. I like that. I, and I listen, think this is really great. And listen to this high praise from Leo Laporte uh, this week in tech on the front page of Pinboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do not own what? stock. I do not get any money. They are not an advertiser. <laughs> no, no, I love it. No, it's, it's, you make a, it's a great quote, though. What delicious could have been if Yahoo hadn't neglected it? Well, one of the founders it, is a former deliciouser. Yeah. So if that's a word. Uh, Yahoo did totally neglect it. It's very I'm going to check this out. That's yeah, great. It's just uh, my little plug for them. Facebook, uh, some stories. They launched social deals, deals to, char to challenge Groupon. If you log on to your Facebook account in certain cities, including the Bay Area. You guys use Groupon? No. I bet Natalie does. <laughs> I, I, you know, mostly it just annoys me with emails every day because it's never, I don't need a bikini wax. You know, like it's always weird things that like, I, I don't know Wait, exactly. Do you want to respond to that at all? Or? I was going to say, I second that. Oh, no, I was going to say, wait a second. 
it has it has the weirdest things. I, you know, I don't, I don't. No, I agree with you. It's always kind of stuff you don't want, and it's not that much off. Oh. Facebook deals are actually. Oh, you you are you a Groupon user? Yeah, I find. I mean, maybe it's because you're, you're, you're in has some decent stuff. Yeah, it's just, um, but it's yeah, we get we get quite good stuff. Um, there was a a deal that I got the other day, which was like. Um, a weekend uh, rental of an Audi R8. For how, for for like, how much? It's like £550. That's a lot of money, but I guess that's a better but it's, deal. But it's, it's like really cheap to I'd rent love, an Audi I'd R8. I'd love to rent an Audi R8. Actually. But it sort of forces yeah. you into things you wouldn't do. You're like, yep, yeah, I'm going to get an Audi this <laughs> that's weekend. That's the point. Drive yeah, totally. I wouldn't normally do that, but because yeah, coupons... Yeah, but you, you kind of sign up so that you can just, you can get lunch deals. Like, you get, you know, half off your burrito, and maybe you wouldn't have otherwise got a burrito. But right. but these are like microdermabrasion. I, I know, mean, I know mine are gender-specific, but yeah, did one, you need an Audi get... that weekend? Yeah. See, my problem one... is maybe where I live. I think it might be very specific. So look what yes. I get in, uh, in Petaluma. $10... For twenty dollars worth of fine American fare and drinks, and oh, a ten dollar match play credit at the one hundred and one casino. So basically, I'm getting a burger for ten bucks off. I just that's it doesn't pretty, appeal to that's me. That's pretty poor. That it's, is pretty kind of sucky. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I can uh, aren't burgers usually four dollars? Yeah. So if ten dollars off the burger, it exactly. should they should be sending you four dollars in the mail. Look, would you like thirty dollars worth of spices, teas, and oil? Well, you can get it for just fifteen bucks. <laughs> Well, I don't understand why is there is there not a I don't quite understand why it's all local. I mean, I understand Groupon is well, local. Well, that's the whole deal. But I know I understand that Groupon's all local, but I don't understand why someone hasn't created one of these that that sends us more, much more national from the like from, you know, cuz I'm not yeah, I'm not that interested in the. Do you not have national ones? Cuz we have national Groupons. So uh, you can get like a like a whole UK-wide one. That's cuz England's such a little island. <laughs> yeah, we might as well be statewide. Yeah. Everything's local there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Um, Facebook has also uh, launched a send button. This is going to take over the internet, just like the like button, where you can use the send button to send an article to somebody on Facebook. And I'm sure every website now is using it. And now, are you going to add that stuff? I know you were talking about I, that a few weeks ago. I first it, said you, no. I said never. I don't want to support these guys. But you know what? It's a huge price you pay by not doing it. Yeah, to not have the like button on on uh, on on the so Twitter website. You better believe we'll have it. Ball. You better believe we'll have it. Of course we will. We're redesigning the site right now. That's the first thing we'll do. I hate to say it, but you're missing so much traffic if you don't. Yeah, it's just foolish. Uh, there's a new uh, attack that you can make. It's probably fixed by now. Uh, just send an email to Facebook. And they will just lock any enemy's account out right away. Um, what do you have to say? Uh, I'm I'm trying to figure it out. This uh, Ken Fisher's writing in uh, in uh, Ars Technica. Actually, that's the wrong page. Um, Facebook is so easier to, e eager to protect copyright that the mere accusation of copyright infringement is enough to get an account locked. Ars Technica, which is a really great site for tech news. Found this out the hard way Thursday morning when our own Facebook page became inaccessible. No warning, no explanation, no clear appeal process. And uh, all it said was, we have removed or disabled access to the following content that you have posted on Facebook because we received a notice from a third party that it infringes. Um, 
They don't say what infringes, and uh, there is a link that you can find out for more information. So, and is there yeah? So, there's no real. Is there any real review process? Or we don't know yet. So, you could basically just, uh, if you had some enemies out there who wanted to send some sort of, a you know, uh, an email message to yeah. take down your business uh, website, you're screwed. Right. At some, uh, at some point in time, you, it seems like the copyright law has to become so absurd that we just either people just stop paying attention to it, or they actually do a whole overhaul. But it is. Every, I mean, it seems like half of the show we're talking about all this weird stuff that people are, you know, the licensing, the reason that your Apple TV has some stuff that your, that your iPad doesn't, and the reason that, you know, it's all of these, you know, all of this licensing and all these uh, digital rights are so, just, we have a system that wasn't built for the level that it's being used at. I got to say, I agree with you, and, I, and re with regards to Facebook, if you're using Facebook to, pr to promote yourself on the web, you're, you're living in the Facebook environment, and, right. you know, that's, that's the first mistake, number one. So I'll put a send button on there, but it shouldn't, shouldn't be the only thing that you do. And I agree. I mean, I'd look at YouTube. You have to go to copyright school. I mean, we're, we're going to, for instance, putting that South Park clip in the show. Uh, we'll almost certainly get this show taken off of YouTube for a copyright violation, and then we have to respond. And you know, and, you, and then you get three strikes. You have to go to the YouTube copyright school. It's the pendulum is swung all the way over. You know? At least you don't have to show up anywhere. Yeah, and the test is very easy. I already passed it. I didn't even watch the video. It had a pirate kitty cat on it, though. <laughs> hey, we're out of time, but I really want to thank you guys for joining us. And Natalie, seriously, uh, if that other job doesn't uh, pan out, or show up, or show up, <laughs> please come on over here. We'd love to have you as part of a. Uh, our group. I just can't pay you or give you a job or anything like that, but just come on over anyway. Fair enough. <laughs> Actually, Fair I have enough. a fantasy. You want to know my fantasy? Seriously, I have a fantasy. I want you and Clayton to host a morning show on Twit, maybe with Baratunde and some people back here. And just, you could bicker the whole time. It'd be great. I just love that. <laughs> It'll be us, like we do every Sunday night where I accuse Clayton of blatant Apple fanboyism and yeah. him accusing me of blatant Google fanboyism. It's a natural. Fan Come on, you guys. <laughs> and then there's love. And then there's love. It's love and, and then one of us, one of us has to go out and buy flowers. It's really, it's really a natural format. Every television uh, station uh, in America has at one point or another tried that. Yeah. Anyway. She'll be the whoopee to my joy. Yes. <laughs> Whoopee! Joy! Can I be Hoda and he'll be Kathy Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Natalie is at nataliemorris.com, N-A-T-A-L-I-M-O-R-R-I-S.com. And, of course, she's part of the Grizzly Network. So what's the name of the new mommy show? It's Mommy Beta. I love that. That, and that's my website. That's our website where we blog as well. We, we give away a ton of mommy products there, too. You don't have to be a mommy. You could be a daddy. Um, so mommybeta.com. And then um, Clayton and my show is called The Trending Show. That's great. MommyBeta.com. Beta testing parenthood. Clayton Morris is at Fox and Friends. He actually has a job, but uh, he's, still, he's still doing some stuff on the side, too, including a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, and if you love paranormal news, by the way, and I know we got a lot doesn't? of people out there who love, who, who doesn't love paranormal news? You got to check out the show I do with my buddy Jim. We just have a lot of fun doing it. It's called The Paranormal Report. And, uh, and download that on iTunes. And we just, it's like unsolved mysteries, but like in a half hour format. We'd run down all the UFO news and chupacabra craziness every week. So we have a blast doing that show also. Would you say that there's more paranormal stuff going on now than ever before? 
Absolutely. You know, because I think the, the ubiquitous nature of like iPhones and flip cams and you, we saw something incredible out of uh, India about two weeks ago on our show. Um, and it was ca captured from multiple locations in one uh, southern area of India, uh, which, you know, think about 10 years ago, you wouldn't have had that kind of coverage. And so multiple people caught this thing on camera with their cell phones and stuff. And, uh, and we put it up on, you know, and it was great. I mean, it, you know, so I think there's been more news because there's been more awareness about these things. So Jim yeah, certainly like, Jim's like the art bell of the Internet. Yeah, he absolutely is. I think uh, he's, and he's a big fan of this show as well. So he has, a, he has a lot of great podcasts over there, a lot of paranormal stuff. So he and I, he and I love this stuff. So fun. That's great. Yeah. Clayton, so thanks for having Clayton also has his own site, ClaytonMorris.com. Will, it's always a pleasure to see you. ChannelFlip.com. And you, things are just hot as can be at Channel Flip. Yeah, it's good stuff. So we just launched. Um, do you guys get a show called Top Gear? Yeah, I love right. Top Gear. Love case. So we've just launched a new show that's about technology with a guy called Richard Hammond, who's like the, one of the three people presenting Top Gear. Um, and it's called Richard Hammond's Tech Head. And it's got, um, we, you, you guys are talking about, you know, we're talking about uh, Facebook and the power of Facebook. We've got over 50,000 or 45,000, I think, Facebook fans. Yeah, so that's now, the key, isn't it? Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a good show, I think. I, I love I what hope. you're doing here. I, and I and just w wish you so much uh, success. It's channelflip.com. Calm. And can I can I also get a plug in for my Twitter because I'm almost over twenty thousand people now, and I have a bet with my cousin over which one of us will get to twenty thousand first, and I really want to beat her. And, and what is the bet? What is the uh, prize? Uh, I think I probably have to take her to dinner or okay. vice versa. All right, depending on who loses. Well, follow Will. He's so close. He's just uh, one thousand. Actually, less than, fewer than 1,000. Less than 1,000 people yeah. I need just to take me over 20K. You could do it right now if everybody watching just went to Twitter.com and followed W-I-L-H-A-R-R-I-S. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Alex Lindsay, for joining us. Alex is the head honcho at the Pixel Core and will be the first pe person to uh, use the new Twitch studio, the Brick House. Yes. Because you're about, you're about ready to go. We're getting there. We, we're, uh, we, we just upgraded the electrical. We finished the green screen. Well, we have to finish painting the green screen psych. Um, That's exciting. But all the gear come, is getting moved in next week. Wow. And, um, but I don't think we're really going to be fully operational until you are. We're roughly the same time. Yeah, I, think, I thought know, I was going to be way ahead. We're doing this fundraiser. We haven't started it yet, but we are. Everybody asks me, so I'm I just want to say, we're going to have a brick fundraiser. This, so you sell these little bricks, and you can put anything you want on them. We haven't decided on a price yet. Just watch. It'll probably launch this week sometime. We'll certainly talk about it next week. And the idea is to, to raise some money. You know, We're not a charity. I'm not implying that in any way you get any, any benefit. There's no tax benefit. You, don't have, you won't feel good about yourself. <laughs> you'll feel worse. You'll, feel, you'll probably feel worse in all likelihood. <laughs> you'll feel a little dirty. Yeah. But, are, uh, those kil are those kiln dried bricks? Uh, why? Is that a hazard? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Those bricks, are they? Is it a hazard? Kiln dried? <laughs> uh, probably they are, but uh, you'll, you, could, you could put your Twitter handle on there, Will Harris or whatever, and we'll put that in the wall there. It's right when you enter the new Twit uh, brick house. So, uh, oh, 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 you got marble ones too? Uh, we haven't decided. Do you have any profanity blocking? Uh, no, the yeah. marble ones are just for the can rest you put of like balls up there? Somebody mm -hmm. wanted to say, screw you, Mike Arrington, on their brick. That would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get one of those. 
Yeah, well, stay tuned. We don't know what we're going to charge yet. It just depends on how much it costs to, uh, to make the bricks. We're also going to do, uh, we have an eBay auction coming up. We're going to auction off the name of my studio. Because, you know, I have a studio within the bigger studio that's going to be basically like this. And you could call it, you know, anything you want. <laughs> Bikini Wax Labs, anything you want. And, and, and that'll be it. And every time I start the day, I'll say broadcasting live from Bikini Wax Labs. I'm Leo Laporte. And that's got to be like, worth uh, Sort of like David Letterman's uh, home office in Yahoo. Yeah, that's got to be worth something. Uh, so anyway, we're, we're just going to try to raise a little money because it's expensive. It's almost a million dollars to build this new studio. So uh, if we can have a little bit. <laughs> what are you making a face like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a pricey endeavor. It's gonna be so awesome. It's gonna be sweet. Like, like it's cool, and I'm just walking through the 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 rubble at yeah. the moment. You know, yeah. like while they're putting stuff up, and I'm like, oh, because you're worth it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. thank you everybody for being here. I had a great time. I hope you did too. And don't forget, we do this show every Sunday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern at Live Twit. TV, but we've got a lot of shows all week long, and of course, if you miss any one of them, we TiVo them for you, audio and video. Just go to TWIT.TV and download a copy or visit it on iTunes and everywhere else. Uh, I think that, are we still, I think we stopped doing East Meets West? Yeah, because uh, Tom and, uh, and Roger decided they didn't, didn't like getting all dressed up on a Sunday evening, so... <laughs> Uh, we will, uh, we Screwing will not the be barbecue East Meets West, but I think we are going to put something here. We have Tom wants to do a gaming show. Oh, I got to tell you all about this. You'll all be interested in this. We're thinking once the new studio opens, we're going to design the new studio so that one of the things we can do is have a LAN party in there. And, uh, and, but you can play on the internet or in person, and we'll have great guests up there. And every Friday evening after the gaming show, LAN party. So that's going to be awesome. Oh, that's I know, great. I know you guys will want to do that. When you guys come out, you can... Uh, you could visit and play in the land. Yeah, an excuse not to shower for three straight oh, days. Awesome. It's yeah. When I come in Saturday morning to do the radio show, if there's still people playing, I'll know we've done our job. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for being here. Nate, uh, so great, great to see you, Natalie and Clayton. And, Natalie, we just wish you all the best. I think your move is very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. It's gonna Thanks. be. It's gonna be. Really, yeah, we're really excited. Unemployment, so. you know. There's nothing super. like it. <laughs> no, I'm, do not be afraid. Uh, I'm actually not. No, I'm not. I can tell. I, I think that uh, you know, the unknown is is always an exciting thing. So. And I and I and I and I honor you know the, the fact that you probably want to spend a little more time with that adorable little bundle of joy you got there. And God knows Clayton needs the attention. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have an adorable big bundle of joy who needs some attention too. So. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Another twist.